This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial on in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Tonight, joining you, it's Ian here. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Going right into your phone calls here. And then coming up, got a couple of emails and other fun stuff for you. We'll go first to Matt in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matt. Hey, how you doing, guys? What's on your mind tonight, Matt? Um, I just I actually heard uh, the segment on WKBK this morning. Um, Ian, you were on about um, your run for mayor. Right. I uh, It's not really me that's running for mayor. I guess technically right. it is, but I was running for mayor as nobody with uh, the, the intent of allowing voters for the very first time ever to actually vote for nobody because I would pledge to not take office and never, nor would I uh, be attending any of the meetings. So <laughs> that was my intention. The uh, the city the city people in Keene did their best and uh, you know have kept me off the ballot uh, at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I realized that. Um, I just wanted to call because uh, um, you mentioned um, having a write-in uh, candidacy. Yep, uh, that's something that I'm, yeah, I'm considering doing. I don't see any reason to not do it. I'm sure they'll just disqualify me again, even if 10, because the, the rules are very simple. There's not a lot of detail. And that's one of the nice things about working on a kind of a, as far as doing politics in New Hampshire on a local level, it's very simple. There's no reporting requirements or anything like that. Uh, it's really uh, relatively uh, stress-free as far as the actual governmental hoops that you need to, to jump through. And so in order to get on as a write-in uh, candidate, you just have to have basically 10 votes, and they'll they'll plug you in supposedly at that point. But again, they're trying to disqualify my voter's registration, so who knows what a – if 10 people write me Their in – lawyers will figure out some reason that yeah, you don't belong there. Who knows what they'll – you know, strings they will pull to uh, assure that I do not make it onto the, the general election ballot. You never know, because um, I don't know about the, the 10 votes thing. I actually um, have been town auditor where I live two years running, and I had literally three votes both years. And it was just me and then two other people. And Well, you're right. It's not necessarily point of, you're right, point of information. Uh, the other qualification or the other detail up here, at least uh, as I understand it in New Hampshire, is it's either 10 votes or 10% of the vote total. So if only 10 people vote... You can get one vote, and that'll be good enough. That isn't going to happen in Keene. So it's oh, whichever yeah, one is lower, basically. Ah, I see. That, make, that makes sense. Yep. I was just calling in because um, I didn't actually think I would make it in. I literally just said, hey, why don't I vote for myself? I mean, there's no <laughs> one on the ballot. Why not? So I did. And one, actually, the first year, 2008, I wasn't supposed to win because the other guy um, who was – a write-in candidate against me had seven votes, but it turns out he wasn't registered to vote, so he can't take office. Uh huh. So, what is the the the, the seat that you won? Is it uh, town auditor. What does that mean? You know, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> do you audit? Do you know now? For the town? Um, supposedly, but I mean, all their records were supposed to be open for me. But when I went in, uh, they tried to check the RSAs and see what actually a town auditor does because they've they've had them in the past obviously but um they couldn't find an rsa detailing what an elected town auditor does just the uh, independent auditing auditing companies i was just talking or thinking recently about the political opportunities up here in new hampshire they really are pretty accessible 
I mean, I have to I have to put it out there to those people that are listening to the show that are really interested in getting involved in politics or that are involved in politics and are frustrated where they are in their part of the country, their part of the world, frustrated by the system and, and how difficult it is. Obviously, the system is entrenched here to some extent, and they do want to keep things the way – I mean, it's the good old boys network to some extent. They want to keep things how they are. But at the same time, there was some. Uh, there was one of those meetings where they had these master planning sessions. Sounds very Orwellian, yeah. uh, and it is, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been to one of them, but uh, it's one of those things where they invite the public out for their input. Now, whether your input actually ends up mattering in the, the, the scheme of things, I, I don't know. Uh, it could just be for show, but... I was looking at the footage from a recent event where they had one of these master planning sessions, and there was maybe maybe 15, 20 people, it seemed, from the footage. I mean, maybe they didn't shoot the entire room, but the chairs were just empty. And this is in a city like Keene, where there's a fairly large population. Uh, I was I said on the free Keene forums there that a, you know, a core of three to five politicos getting active could really kind of change the tone of the the political system, I think here in Keene, I, I just you know by going to a meeting like that where they're asking people for input, I, th- I think the the topic was something like how a vibrant economy, you know, how to encourage a vibrant economy, and of course, well, you should get the government the hell out of the way. I mean, that's how you encourage a vibrant economy is you allow people to keep their money and make decisions for themselves as to what to do with it. And the economy will be just fine uh, on its own. Yeah, the, the economy doesn't need the government's input. Right. It doesn't need to step in and grant favors or, or whatever. It, the government can only mess up the economy. Well, the exactly. economy is us, each individual right. making their own decisions for their own lives and their own benefit. So, and, and the whole idea that, that some uh, grand poobah up in the ivory towers is going to run the economy or fix the economy is, is absurd. And that's why we're so messed up now. The, re, the true rebuilding of the economy will be from the bottom up. And so I just wanted to encourage people, you know, there's a lot of opportunity up here for those of you that are interested in that, in that sort of thing. And, and, and Keene's one of the more, you know, politico-active kind of towns. It's a very lefty uh, place to be. You'd think there'd be more participation in something like that, but there really, there really wasn't. So it's, it's pretty much wide open. Even the, uh, the at-large council race isn't even full of candidates. I mean, there's, yeah. enough, there's enough candidates that there will have to be a vote, but there's not enough candidates to fill out all the slots on the ballot. This is so, true in just about everybody's uh, town, yeah. but um, up here in New Hampshire, where it seems like other you know other free staters are getting involved, some of them are getting elected in three um, three colossal uh, write-in votes to the town auditor position. Although we don't know necessarily what that is, I mean, there's position there's free staters in all kinds of positions all over the state. I mean, things are happening in this state. I'm, I'm willing to bet you though that the positions that aren't being filled are the ones that don't pay anything. The one the high-paying mm-hmm. bureaucrat positions. Oh, yes. believe me, those are people oh, yeah. are going for those. No, no. $200 a year if I actually, well, um, took the oath. But the second year, I didn't actually take the oath. And the first year, uh, they couldn't tell me what to do, so I never got cut the check. I uh, I couldn't take an oath like like what they have written down. You have to swear an oath to the United States. I think that what uh, what you I you should would just do is, go in every every week or so and just hassle the crap out of the people in the office. Look, I'm here to audit you. <laughs> I'm supposed to be auditing something. Find me something to audit. Give me some paperwork, yeah, records. Can I let, get, get out of your desk? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sit down here and go through your drawers. Number of crumbs on the I, desk. I might try that. I might try that. <laughs> hey Matt, thanks for the call. Anything else on your mind tonight? 
No, that's it. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, after having seen that, I'm, I'm starting to feel a sense of, a little bit, just a smidgen of a sense of hope for the, uh, you know, the political process. I still think it's slow. I think it's trudging. I think it's arduous. I think it, in many cases, can be very stressful and difficult for the people that engage in it. I know that Julia, when she tried to run, uh, my girlfriend, when she tried to run for uh, political office, it was a, a traumatic, traumatizing event for her. And well, whether everyone will take it that way, I don't know. I'm sure there are people that will eat this stuff up, right, that are really well, into it. I think that uh, the lesson to be learned here um, is that the larger the town, the more vicious they're going to be on, in their politics. You think that's true? Yeah. Small town politics isn't? Nasty. No, I mean, you've got that Pam Martin's woman. That this, there's this woman She's that lives awful. out where you live. That just she doesn't she writes run hit pieces. She doesn't run. Uh, she doesn't run for anything though. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was she's going to come out of the woodwork though. If you are tr- if you're trying to go for something like if you a free stater are trying to actually run for some sort of political position. I'm not going to run for anything because I work. Yeah. You know, I just can't. I can't do all their positions are 7 p.m. Um, you know, is when their meetings are. I work at 7 p.m. Yeah, and that's what I said on the the radio today is one of the reasons why I would not ever want to become one of these things is because I've got work to do. I've got other things with uh, to do with my day, which is, of course, why you tend to see people who are in their 60s and 70s running for these political seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it'll be interesting to see what happens here in Keene this year because we do have another liberty-oriented uh, candidate in the race this time around, instead of it being Julia, who was kind of an outsider, she had just arrived here in, in New Hampshire, at, basically, at the time that she ran. I mean, she'd been here for a year, I think, at that point. And uh, the guy running this time around, Nick Ryder, is a New Hampshire native. So he's not a free stater. They can't hit him with that one. They'll say he is. They'll try to label him as somebody who associates with yeah. uh, the free state project. They'll probably even just call him a free stater. They may. Uh, it wouldn't be accurate, of course, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he play, uh, pl- plays out because he's a, a keen native. I mean, the guy's been in his, this area his entire life. His, his dad is on the local radio station as a newsman, so who knows? We'll uh, certainly let you know what happens. More on the way here. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. In the late 21st century, the hardiest, most daring adventurers have begun to colonize the solar system where untold mineral riches await them. Jealous of their wealth and fearful of their freedom, the government of Earth is determined to extend their power to this new frontier by any means necessary. Escape from Terra, an illustrated science fiction saga from Big Head Press. Read it online at escapefromterra.com. Whatever you want, just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free. So enjoy those, including the archives. We've got an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website at freetalklive.com. And, of course, we are talking about some of the activist opportunities up here in New Hampshire, how ripe it is for all kinds of activism. Uh, some people are into politics, and there are some great opportunities here for that. Also, there's more liberty-oriented civil disobedience here than anywhere else in the world, uh, not to mention more liberty media here than anywhere else in the world, all concentrated right here in our uh, little place uh, called New Hampshire. We invite you here as part of the Free State Project. If you love freedom and you want to achieve liberty in your lifetime, I challenge you to find a better opportunity. Really, we've been asking people for years on this show to point out a better 
idea than concentrating liberty activism in one geographic area. That's what the Free State Project is and about. Often people, um, most people agree with that, but then sometimes they'll come up with other ideas. Well, what about Costa Rica? What about Zug, Switzerland? Yeah. What about Hong Kong? What about... Wyoming. It's hard enough to get people to move to New Hampshire as far as at least if you're moving from within the 50 states. Yeah, it's you don't have to fill out paperwork yet. Not a lot of paperwork to be filled out to move from one state to another. And, um, you know, you've just got to kind of ask yourself, like, how many concentrations of liberty oriented activists can there really be in the world? I mean, it's hard enough to get the Free State Project, get them, get them moved to move to, for the Free State Project. I mean, how many other places do you want to do it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. This is the place where, they, where, um, where the liberty activists are congregating. You know. And it's the place, the only one that's had a movement behind it for coming up on a decade. I mean, the, the original genesis of the idea was back in 2001, so we're a couple of years away from basically the 10th anniversary of the idea of the Free State Project. It was in 2003, I believe, at which the uh, the, the time at which the vote was uh, was was it 2003? Sounds the, right. The vote was taken, and then. Uh, People started moving shortly after that, so it's just been more people year after year have been moving up here to New Hampshire, and there's new people arriving here every single week. It's great, and it just keeps getting better as as uh, new people come, and they, they bring new ideas up here, and they shake things up. I mean, there's one guy in Manchester that just blew into town and uh, just all of a sudden made Manchester, put him on the map with with his activism. I mean, right. showing up at the police station, holding a butt of cannabis in his hand and not getting arrested for it. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, maybe you can ask this question. What seems to be the most popular area now for incoming people? I'd say Manchester. Keene's up there. Yeah. A lot of times if you're going over to uh, the Free State Project forums, you'll see people posting where they're trying to decide between Manchester and Keene. Obviously, Manchester has the uh, the more urban uh, flavor, not that there is such a thing as anything urban in, in New Hampshire. Oh, it's urban. That's a stretch. I mean, I'd say that's a stretch. It's the largest city in New it Hampshire. Is it's city. not New York City, but right. no. it, it's urban. I mean... It's a, it's a city, but it's not anything of any significant size. I mean, the general population, I think, is 100,000. The county itself, maybe 400,000. It's got 400, tall buildings. What do you want? Yeah. So uh, Manchester is certainly a destination simply due to its size, proximity to uh, other population centers and, and things like that. But Keene I mean, is such a cool town, though. It is. It's great. So anyway, freestateproject.org. Go learn more and get active. Come on up here because, really, what's happening where you are? I mean, if you've got a great liberty movement where you are, call in and tell us about it. I'd love to hear about it. I, I mean, we try our best to cover anything that's happening out there from a, a liberty perspective. And where things are happening, I want to, uh, you know, I want to acknowledge it. I want to say they, they've got something going on. I'll acknowledge that uh, the guys over at Freedoms Phoenix, I think they're one of the more exciting movements uh, out there in the, in the liberty, the, the sub-movements, if you will, of the overall liberty movement. I think some of those folks would be great uh, up here in New Hampshire. I don't know if they have any plans to do such a thing, but, uh, you know, I'll acknowledge it where it's happening. I just don't know what kind of impact they're going to have in a place like Phoenix, where the population is uh, probably, Californians. probably close. To the, as far as numbers, though, is probably close just in Phoenix to the total population of New Hampshire. And it doesn't have the, the sovereignty issue that, that the state does. And you've got Joe, uh, Joe Arpaio to deal yeah. with. <laughs> I mean, the cops here, I'm sure there's the some corruption. The deck isn't stacked quite so heavily right. against you here. I, I imagine there are corrupt cops in uh, in New Hampshire. There just have to be because that's the nature of the business. But they just don't have that scary flavor up here that they do down south. And yeah, and they seem up here. They seem a lot more professional. It's my impression. And less aggressive. 
toll-free number. That doesn't mean they won't put you in a cage for something that you, you know, something right. peaceful. But I just said less aggressive. And we had uh, New Hampshire law enforcement officer Brad Jardis on the show last night. He's a member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. That guy alone, I think, is a real significant factor here in New Hampshire. I mean, just a, just one man inside the system and mm-hmm. the the things that he can do and the the attention that that he can get. Some people blew him off in the early days, but Brad Jardis is a perfect example of how it is that showing the bureaucrats the message of liberty in a positive manner, in a a, 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 a compassionate manner, in a loving, a forgiving manner is something that brings them closer to you and helps them understand the ideas of freedom and hopefully helps them inter- internalize those and over time take steps towards us. Brad Jardis is the poster boy for uh, for that process. Because when we moved here, uh, Mark, remember when we went out and we had uh, lunch with him yep. in Manchester? We met him, met him for lunch because we'd heard about him. This was the one cop that was in law enforcement against prohibition who's an actual on-duty police officer so you know we had to meet the guy right and he was at that time talking about how he didn't think civil disobedience was the right way to do things and that you know you got to work within the system and he still I'm sure supports working within the system I think you know I'll support whatever works um, but he's also now fully supporter of uh, of civil disobedience and he's come in and, a, and a that, long way in his he understanding wouldn't have uh, called himself a libertarian either he was basically just a guy who believed that um, you know drugs should be legalized because yeah. There's, you know, that it doesn't make any uh, make any sense for them to be illegal, and I think that, you know, I think he's come a very long way in that area too. The fact but can it, you imagine what would have happened if everybody who loved freedom would have treated him like a pig or some, yeah, you know, yeah. piece of dirt because yeah. he's a cop? Right, and that's sense. and that's an important point is that you have to treat everybody with equal love and compassion, no matter what your biases are. But I wanted to add about about drug prohibition is that there's a, several. Latin American countries now, including Mexico and a few others, that are actually decriminalizing small amounts of drugs, yep. which is a great trend Absolutely. that's happening. The other thing is, remember, Mark, about six months ago when they had that homeschool hearing at the state capitol? Yeah. Well, there was, a, there was a state trooper there who was a homeschool dad who got up and spoke, and he was total libertarian. I was really impressed with him. And, I, and there's been a few cops I've met in New Hampshire like that. He wasn't the only one. Yeah, they are, uh, from my experience, the police up here are just a cut above, at least from where I, I only have experience down in Florida, so I can just say that uh, they were scary down there up here, not so much. In fact, we were driving today out on one of the uh, the state roads, and we saw this state trooper who'd pulled over an old lady, and he was going doing something in her trunk. They had some stuff that was out on the, the road, and, uh, of course, my immediate thought was, Oh, he's searching that old lady's car. And Julia pointed out that it's likely that he was just helping her change a tire. Yeah. Because... They're just more likely to do something like that up here than they would be elsewhere. Well, I've been places, That's how I feel. I've been places where the cops, will, you'll have a flat tire, they'll say, well, call a wrecker, <laughs> and they'll drive off. Right, if, if they stop. If they stop. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Well, for all I know, they might do that to you or I, but this one was an old lady, and uh, so that was good. You know, he was doing something that was useful. He was it's protecting nice, and serving. Right, it's nice when you see people in the, those roles actually doing something useful. Stop pulling people over for speeding and having a joint or whatever the hell. Yep. Lack of seat belt. Cop here in Keene uh, pulled over. Didn't have any idea who I was or anything like that. Just sat with me until the uh, the record came. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything you want here. Uh, We'll share with you one man's path to liberty here in a few more uh, moments. And take your calls about anything. It's Free Talk Live. 
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine, nutritious vitamins and minerals and a delicious chocolate taste for your picky eaters. Be sure to visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. With kids, food battles are more about control than about food. If you want to avoid a battle with your picky eater, give them a say in what they eat. At dinner, let them choose between broccoli or fruit salad. At the supermarket, give them three cereals to pick from. The more control they have, the less there is to argue about. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Got a lot of features, including the Facebook profile. You can go, you can become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. Facebook, if you don't have an account yet, you just you might not be on the Internet. It seems like everybody has uh, a Facebook account if they haven't if they access the internet it's a very popular thing so head over to facebook.freetalklive.com have you heard of the millionaire, millionaire patriot you should he has 5 days of firearm training waiting for you all all for pennies on the dollar plus if you act fast the millionaire patriot will give you a free springfield armory xd pistol in the caliber of your choice go to frontsight.com for your training and free gun that's frontsight.com all right, so we continue here. I uh, want to go to an email that uh, came in recently from a, a newbie to the Liberty Movement. And it's always fun hearing how people get here because everybody has their own story, right? I mean, yep. everybody started somewhere. Uh, usually it's wherever your parents bring you up, and then one, two, three things happen, and all of a sudden you're in a completely new paradigm. So Nicholas writes in from Nebraska. He says, hey, guys, my name's Nick, and I thought I'd share with you my story of my path to Liberty. My embrace of liberty was, in retrospect, probably a couple of years in the making, but came over me rather quickly just this year. And we've been talking about how, uh, on this, this program, we've been discussing how, with the advent of the Internet and how prolific the liberty message is becoming, it's, it's getting easier to bring people on board with very principled ideas in a quicker manner. I mean, for instance, Mark, you and I, it took us a long time to advance in our thinking to where we are today. And we've talked to other people that have had similar uh, advancements in uh, half of the amount of time uh, that it took you and I. Yes. And it's just, for whatever reason, they're just out there more available. Well, you're in the, Florida. The, the information um, it was, it just wasn't out there. It just wasn't out there. And it is now. And then, of course, you've got things like the Ron Paul campaign and other uh, more prominent uh, issues that are helping draw people in. So uh, let me continue here. He says, earlier in this decade, when I was in my late teens, I actually considered myself a Marxist socialist who believed in the whole dictatorship of the proletariat nonsense and that capitalism was an evil, oppressive system that needed to be overthrown in a workers' revolution. I even participated in socialist groups in my original hometown of Seattle. I mean, yep. Mark, you used to sound familiar. You used to consider yep. yourself an anarcho-commie, right? It, absolutely true. And I think that what it sort of indicates is that you're interested in the idea of, you know, political systems, what works best, you know, what's the most fair, what's right, what's just. Mm. And... um you know, I, I think that that, it, that that's one of the indications of you know early on getting involved in these things, and that's that's all I cared about. I just wanted a system. I could see the system was bad and wrong, yeah. and I figured there had to be something else. And certainly, um, the, you know, the, the, we should put people who are in charge of these kind of things in charge of them instead of this you know mishmash of has haphazard crap that we have going on. I mean, something needs to be fixed here. 
So the 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 idea of of a communist, uh, you know, an anarcho commie like that, uh, basically wants to get in with their little toolbox and get in there and fix fix the problem. Well, in his case, he was just a a socialist, not necessarily anarcho anything. Especially. A and the other thing is just that people are misinformed about what type of system we've had yes. in their lifetime. People think we've had a free market capitalistic system, and we right. haven't. And but they call it that. Exactly right. And now we can correct that misinformation relatively quickly and simply because it's so easy now to create our own media. I mean, 10 years ago, Mark, even though the Internet existed, it didn't have the same kind of sway as far as influence, as far as people uh, utilizing it for their media purposes. There was no YouTube in the year 2000. So, yeah, you could watch video online, but you'd have to download QuickTime and then download the video. And then, you know, it was it was a real process, whereas now it's a click and you yeah. get to watch whatever you want. I mean, whatever you want. Sometimes you'll stay after the show and We'll uh, just pull up YouTube and watch all kinds of old crap that you just haven't seen in a, a, a decade. You can yep. just type in anything you want, and there it is, virtually. Awesome. So he says, I even participated in socialist groups in my original hometown of Seattle. As I left Seattle for my first university, eventually I turned away from Marxism, not able to get past the fact that every so-called communist nation in history was also an oppressive, murderous dictatorship. <laughs> so my views evolved into more... Right. That's got to be very, very tough for the uh, your average socialist uh, or communist out there. And a, a communist is a person who basically believes in heaven. Uh, commu communism is the, a governmental system where everybody's in charge of everyone else and everybody shares everything equally there's not even any property and it all works out yeah and it, all, right? it all works out well it, it's never going to happen there's sure. no you know the idea of there being no money or anything like that that's believing in heaven fine if you want to believe in heaven be a christian not a communist um whereas the socialist is I, I have a system that will work and it's better than anything you can do so i should be in charge that's what a socialist believes they're a control freak so is, you know, these, most of these ideas that people come up with are, in fact, socialist ideas, not communist. So my views evolved into more social democratic ideas, pretty much bleeding heart liberalism. I voted Democrat in my first presidential election in 2004 and grieved at Bush's win. As more time passed, my views... So did I. My views began to moderate oh, further. I just grieved at the win. I didn't vote uh, Democrat. <laughs> I started thinking that oppressive gun laws were wrong, that raising taxes to solve problems wasn't always the best thing, and being more critical of government's actions, not just big business. By the time the 2008 presidential... You know, that's a good point, because a lot of people that are in that particular paradigm, the, the lefty paradigm, are really great at attacking corporations, and in many you know cases, for good reason. And they're right, yeah. Uh, yeah. But they completely turned a blind eye to the depredations of the state, of the biggest corporation of them all, well, the that's state, right. the federal government. And they're always talking about how the big corporations pollute and how they're greedy. Well, the greediest of all are <laughs> the state. The, the biggest polluters yep. in the world are the state. The U.S. military is the biggest... It's bigger than, from what I understand from Dr. Mary Ruart's book, Healing Our World, which is a great book for liberals, by the way, to read and learn about freedom. Uh, but Healing in, Our World. Yep. In her book, I think she claims that the first, or that uh, the U.S. military is a bigger polluter than the top four corporate polluters combined. So, what do you say to that, right? And, and who knows how much you don't know about, right? How much pollution that the mil is the military doing that doesn't even make it onto the books, that somehow well, right. is completely under the radar? What about all the depleted uranium all around that's the world? That's scary. That is scary stuff. He says, as more, as more times uh, passed, I moderated my views further and became more critical of government's actions, not just big business. By the time the 2008 presidential primaries came around, I'd evolved into a centrist independent like so many others, I fell for Barack Obama and his trademark romanticism of change and hope. 
That and I supported his talk of personal responsibility, lowering taxes for the middle class, and being of a more peaceful, conciliatory leader. I donated money to his campaign and even canvassed for him in the 2nd Congressional Congressional District of Nebraska, as I was and am now a student at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. He ended up winning that district and the first Northeast excuse me, Nebraska, electoral vote for a Democrat, Democrat for president since 1964. It was my little part in making election history. Well, I you think, made election history. <laughs> I think what sent me in a much more dramatically different political direction actually came before the election. First was the financial crisis of last fall, seeing the enormous amounts of taxpayer money being given to bailout banks that I thought flat out should have failed made me very angry. Being accused of being a populist by some liberal friends who actually supported Bush's intervention into the economy and who thought not getting involved was wholly irresponsible and would lead to total economic collapse. I thought, why are we trusting those that helped bring us to this point? Right. I love this um, this this concept. If we don't let the government get involved, the economy will collapse. Hold on. The government was involved and the economy is sitting on the brink of collapse, if you believe that. So the right. government brought us here. They don't know that, though. They they believe that it's the lack of regulations. They think right. that there's no regulations. There on were regulations businesses. in the first place. Yeah, the yes. financial system is one of the most heavily regulated industries in the world. And But yet they pretend as though they're just turning them loose. Yep, that, that's the idea. And the fact is, if they put more regulations, they will turn them loose again because they cannot watch these things. They simply cannot watch the government in this, uh, or these, the government cannot simply not watch these banks and these uh, these hedge funds and all that other stuff. It's impossible to so, regulate this and stuff. And there's so much money in it that even if you had regulators who were effective in the beginning, eventually they're going to succumb to the... Yeah, they're going to be captured. They're going to become bought off because there were stories about uh, regulators going into Bernie Madoff's office and looking around. Wow, I want to... And they were slipping resumes to the the receptionist. He's got more here on his transition to liberty from being a socialist all the way to freedom. We'll uh, come to the the rest of the story here in moments and we'll take your calls about whatever you want. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Then we'll uh, we'll be talking about flipping off the police. Is it legal? I think a court might be deciding here. Marco Phyllis in. More coming up. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. The 20 franc has been made and trusted worldwide. They're about a fifth of an ounce of gold, easily carried on your person in case of emergencies, untracked by the government, of a size that one can do business with. Who would turn down a 100-year-old gold coin? Get them for $233 a piece. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live. That means you can bring up anything by dialing in the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231. Once again, that's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? You can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase Head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. I just did some Amazon shopping the other day and found everything I was looking for. It's uh, it's great like that. In fact, sometimes you can find multiple vendors selling the same exact thing. I think I got a six-foot 
USB extension cable for something like 90 No, I think it was $0.05 cents plus $2 shipping or something like Jeez. that. It was crazy. Just crazy. And crazy in a good way. So Amazon.freetalklive.com. We're going to get back to your phone calls, but want to wrap up the email here from, I think it's Nathan. Uh, anyway, he's in Nebraska, and he's telling us, Nick. Uh, Nick is in Nebraska, is telling us his story about how he came to the ideas of freedom. And what he uh, was pointing out in the beginning, that he initially was a socialist and sort of slowly came more in, into, the, as he describes it, I think a uh, some sort of uh, independent centrist, basically, by the time the, uh, the 2008 election had rolled around and was suckered in by Obama's uh, siren song and, of course, ended up getting disappointed, as he's going to uh, point out here. So he continues his story. Says, I think what sent me in a much more dramatic uh, election was the financial crisis. He uh, basically was accused of being a populist by some of his liberal friends who supported the intervention in the economy. And he said, well, why are we trusting those who helped bring us to this point? That was probably the first real feeling of distrust that came against government, not just Bush, but government, period. While some trust came back after Obama's election, it quickly went downhill. The stimulus package, while I at first supported it grudgingly, I quickly began to wonder if it would actually work, as it appeared to be nothing more than loads of pork barrel spending, digging and refilling holes and building roads and bridges to nowhere. My liberal friends wondering why the spending wasn't larger and that he should spend even more money without any questioning of his policies definitely turned me off. His takeover of the auto industry bothered me greatly, but again, my liberal friend said, we got to save those jobs. Of course, what I saw was wholly political. The UAW had fully supported Obama and were getting, bo- and were getting special treatment in return at taxpayer expense. Hmm. Yet another bit of economic dead weight that I thought should fail. I not, still Not to mention the fact that his uh, biggest supporters in the campaign were big banks. Obama? Yes. I'm sure they've supported McCain too, right? I they mean, did, but they actually gave Obama three or four times more. Still, he says, I clung on just a little longer, giving him and the government the benefit of the doubt. You've heard, remember hearing that when it was the first hundred days? Oh, give him time. Give, give him, him time. the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. He needs more time. Mental gymnastics. And wanting to believe in someone who is actually looking out for America and doing what he thought was necessary to help people, especially after eight crummy years of George W. Bush. Healthcare, however, was probably the final straw. Now, how interesting that for somebody who at one time considered themselves a socialist, healthcare, that the health care would be the final issue. Yeah, it is interesting. Seeing the massive expenditures for this reform, further growth of government on top of everything else Bush and Obama had done already, and his desire to push it through with such arrogance, and again, the other lack of questioning of Obama right. <laughs> by the very political side I'd once affiliated with. And at this point, Obama doesn't even care what kind of socialist medicine he gets, what kind of health care reform he gets, as long as he gets something. Mm-hmm. Because he has a lot of political capital on the line here, and it wouldn't matter if it was a box of Band-Aids that he got them to vote on at this point. <laughs> he has to have health care reform passed in a legitimate way that the media can say, oh, Obama, that's wonderful. Um, it, because if they doesn't, then he is useless for the next four years. He's out on his bum um, in two, t- 2012, and it's, well, you know, probably more of the same crap we had with Bush. And he made a big deal, a deal with Big Pharma, too, to try to get uh, his last plan passed. Yes, he did. Passed. 
The other lack of questioning by, uh, or rather questioning of Obama by the political side I'd once affiliated with pretty much spelled the end of any liberal views left in me. In fact, my statist thinking began to collapse. I no longer saw government as the solution, but government as the problem. It's hard for me to even remember when I exactly started looking up info on libertarianism and the ideas of freedom. But whatever reason, there was a change in me that needed to be fed with information. I got my hands on free market resources that dispelled my myths about market economics and confirmed my increasing suspicions about the nature of government. I found your show, which I began listening to online in late June, and I started a political blog in July. I now fully feel that liberty and freedom is better than force and coercion. That idea of not forcing others to submit to my will was a major change in social thinking for me. I see liberty as a means to working to solving our societal problems, and I see the force of government not as excuse me, I see the force of government as the impediment to progress. Finally, I'd like to say one more thing. Evolving from liberal to libertarian presented an interesting change in how I view the world. In retrospect, I think the left sees the world as a rather cruel and self-centered world. Yes. And that government must be used to control and fix the world's problems. Mm -hmm. I think libertarianism has a much more realistic view of the world. A world where people overall are looking to succeed and help those in need, but also see that government is either intentionally or unintentionally an impediment to the growth of humanity. Either we respect each other or we don't. If we don't, are we really all that civilized? Thanks for letting me communicate with you guys. Keep up the great show and the good work from Nick. It's an interesting uh, observation, that, and I think it's fairly astute, that, that uh, people, the, the liberal types, tend to believe that, that people are evil. And I think you'd find that amongst conservatives, too. You know, it's just, uh, you know, us white Christians are good folks, but them brown folks are evil. You know, that kind of, everybody else but me is evil uh, mentality. And, of course, the, the hubris of, of the, this is that, well... People are evil except me and my friends, so just elect my friends and I to yeah. uh, your elected offices, and we'll keep those evil people in check. Mm. No, no, trust us. We won't get corrupted People by the power. have to do what they're told, otherwise everything's going to fall apart. If before we had Social Security, old people were living in the streets, eating freaking crumbs that they found on the sidewalk. You know that everything's better when the government controls it, and who cares if they steal most of the money? Who cares if they stuff their pockets full of your cash? It's important that old people don't starve. Who cares if they kill hundreds of millions of people? Right. I mean, you know, I was talking to some uh, liberal uh, about this particular issue on the telephone about the Social Security thing. Well, you know, since Social Security was instituted, old people, you know, have had their lives are better now. I, I, I don't know your statistics. I'll take your word for it. But I'd also like to point out since 1941, we've been in a continual um, state of war. This country has. Maybe that's the result of the, all these government programs because the government needs to get the money from somewhere. Have you ever considered that? Your social security problem might be the reason that we're killing people all around the world? And they're like, <gasps> Well, also the central bank also, which came even before that, was the engine by which the whole military-industrial complex was built and a lot of the things, that, a lot of the problems we have today. Let's go to your phone calls. Nathan is on the line in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Nathan. Hey, guys. Hey. I just wanted to uh, bring up the issue that a lot of Democrats are calling the sending tea parties um, and basically disagreeing with health care and Obama as racists against 
African American or black, yeah. whichever you like. Yeah, to it's call so it. trite. It's a bunch of baloney. How convenient! It's yeah. easy. It's an easy thing to do. Um, rather than address some of the issues that these people have or the concerns that they might have, it's easy to dismiss them as bigots. Well, right. yeah, I mean, it, they may actually have something to go on in that there might be some guy who is a racist with some sort of racist sign at one of these sure events. There is. But that does it's not fair to paint everybody with that same. Brush. I don't think. I don't think half of them. I don't think a, a tenth of them um, are. Bigots. I think these are people that are, by by and large, uh, partisan Republicans that don't want to have this health care system and that they would rather have the the stuff that we have today. And I think that that's a mess, too. However, to to just call them bigots is it's 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 absolutely mental sloppiness. Yeah. Well, it's an ad hominem attack, which shows they've got nothing to argue with. They've got no ammo. They're just and it's inaccurate. They're just parroting the party line. They have no logic. They've got no arguments. They've got to just attack people that way. It's ridiculous. That's what I was getting today uh, from. And and again, it's not necessarily a liberal thing. There are all kinds of people that are status, you know, whether they're liberal, conservative or, or moderate or whatever the hell they call themselves. Uh, that's what I was getting today when I was on the radio here in Keene. You can listen to the archives at freekeen.com, but I was being interviewed for whatever reason. We spent an hour together, and a lot of the callers were, well, you guys are doing it, you guys are counterproductive, or you're a bunch of idiots. You, know, you don't really have, a, I should have asked why we're counterproductive, but I didn't think to do it at, at the time, but they didn't really have anything too, too uh, intelligent to say. Just, you're stupid. Okay. So, anything else on your mind tonight, Nathan? Yeah, well, I just wanted to make the point that um, these Democrats that are make, that are saying these things may be ensuring not not like I uh, most presidents to me end up just being fascists that want to control me and you and the people that vote or don't vote for them. But um, I wanted to bring up the point that they might be ensuring that someone uh, brown skinned, purple skinned, black skinned, whatever um, may never be president in the near future because uh, for Caucasians. Who wants to vote for someone you cannot you cannot disagree with because you'll be labeled a racist? Yeah. So Democrats are actually ensuring you know people won't be wonder, going too far. I wonder if they would have if Hillary Clinton had won. I wonder if they would accuse the uh, protesters of being misogynist. I thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Hour two is on the way. As a small business owner, you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success. Email is part of your company's DNA, but you didn't get into business to manage email. It's time to evolve with DNAmail.com. Get Microsoft Exchange-hosted email services with free activation and setup, 24-7 support, and 99.99% guaranteed uptime, all starting at $8.95 a month. DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with DNAmail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit dnamail.com and join the evolution. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up anything. 
by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their site. So enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com. And you can make it yours because it's a fairly interactive uh, little place. We've got a forum and a wiki, and I guess it's not so little anymore. Free Talk Live website just continues to add new stuff. And, it's probably uh, the biggest website, uh, content-wise, of any radio, nationally syndicated radio talk show out there. Right. I haven't seen anyone try to prove us wrong on that claim. We've made it a few times over the years, and it's a really community-driven uh, site. A lot of uh, Web 2.0 stuff, and it's going to be even more so soon with the uh, Free Talk Live 2.0 website in a testing phase. Have you seen it yet, Wayne? The uh, no, FTL 2.0. I've heard. Go to prep.freetalklive.com. You can see the site there in its advanced form. Uh, it's not quite completed yet, and hopefully it'll be done when it's ready, I guess. I don't know if there's a completion date, but I expect it'll be this year. I think that's safe to say. <laughs> They've been moving along on it, and I've been paying for it, so Ooh, hopefully it'll be... Uh, nice. Yeah, okay, there you go. That's a good reaction. I like that. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I like I like the use of colors. In yeah, it, it looks it's, good. It's, they it's did clean. a good job. It's clean. So there you go. Prep.freetalklive.com. See the future of the Free Talk Live website. You'll see how it's going to be even more interactive uh, than it currently is, which allow it'll allow you to submit your own show ideas, uh, your show prep ideas and stories and things like that. You can vote up other people's ideas and vote up uh, the things that you like and uh, leave comments and all kinds of good, uh, good stuff. So And it's free, of course. Uh, so we continue with your calls. And Gene in Tennessee on the amp line. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I'm uh, going to give you some uh, pointers on China's immigration problems or a little heads up. Okay, sure. People are always complaining about our immigration problems here, and we definitely have noted that people are immigrating to China. So as China becomes more and more prosperous, people actually from the United States are even immigrating to China. We know of one guy who is an electrician, or he was an electrician, working in the construction trade, and he uh, got hooked up with some girl in Beijing and uh, wound up marrying her and moving over there teaching English. He says he's happier than he's ever been. He's been there about three months now. Hmm. And uh, Why is he happier? Strange. I mean, besides well, the fact that he has I a wonderful lady in his life, I mean, what else? Yeah, I don't, I don't I know all the little details, okay. so I can't answer that. I didn't know if he pointed but anything I can tell out. You that, I can tell you that a lot of Americans and uh, some... Uh, I've met one guy who was an Australian guy who is also immigrated to China and uh, is teaching there. So there's a lot of people now that are uh, starting to immigrate into China, and so they're going to have an immigration problem. Of course, they've got the the stuff, the immigrants from North Korea bubbling across the border, um, as many as can get out of North Korea. That can't be very many. China do, so there's a big problem there. They they put barbed wire fences up on their beaches in North Korea. It's not an easy place to leave. I don't know. I know there are some places along the northern border where uh, people can just like swim across the river and they're they're in China because there's a village in North Korea where some like 75% of the ladies, the women, have left. So there's hardly any women left in that village, and the men are all in the military. So the villages are becoming uh, desolate up there. Wow. You know, I've heard from several people that it's actually easier to start a new business in China than it is the United States. I believe it. This is supposed it, to be the center of capitalism and free enterprise. <laughs> it is It is so much easier and less restrictive to run a business in China than it is in the United States. It's pathetic. In fact, 
you know, if things get too much worse here, we've, we've even considered going over there and starting something because it's, it's just that easy and you don't have to deal with so much regulation. The taxes are lower. Well, why is immigration a problem? I mean, do they have a big welfare system or something like that? No, actually, I was just being, I was being facetious a little bit. There okay, because I was going to say, really... the only reason immigration would be a problem is if you have a big welfare state in order to uh, you know, be fun, shuffling funds over to them. If you've got a, a relatively free place, and I'm not saying China is very free, but they are becoming more free, I think, over time, and the United States is going in the opposite direction. But if you've got the, you know, more freedom, if you've got a free, a free place, then you want immigrants to come because they fill needed uh, job positions that are open and available, and uh, that helps uh, feed into the economy and, and uh, you know, expand the wealth pie and make everybody happier and healthier and wealthier. So really the point I'm making is that uh, the immigration problem in the United States is basically eventually going to become uh, a, a, a moot flight. point. No, it's going to become a flight because the, the people that are here with means are going to eventually leave this country. Yeah. It's like already happening. Well, look at California, right? I yeah. several others. It's yeah, already happening. A lot of really wealthy people in the last two or three years have been leaving and going to other countries. And some there was even a story about two weeks ago in my show prep pile about how a lot of very wealthy Americans were actually giving up their citizenship and paying the exit tax because just get me out of here, just right? Just get me out of here, yeah, because their net worth had declined anyway, so it wasn't as big a deal. Well, that that billionaire Jim Rogers moved out two years ago, yep. sold his penthouse in New York, and now lives in Singapore. Oh so. yeah. Cash uh, in, get out. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame people, people for leaving. I, I don't blame them for leaving, but I'd like to suggest that uh, there's some real opportunity up here in New Hampshire uh, to achieve liberty here in uh, the so-called United States and hopefully eventually declare independence and we'll have our own little Hong Kong. I think well, that'd we be have great. A couple of, we have a couple of years left on our contract obligations here, and, of course, I'm, we're members of the Free State Project, and so if things aren't haven't totally tanked within a couple of years we'll probably be moving up there as well yeah i think i think the free state project is a it's a, a fair opportunity there's some real great things that are happening here with the activists that are that are moving up that are already here there are more coming and we're starting to see some shifts uh just recently there was somebody that i won't name names but here in Keene, one of the more politically uh, notable people had made a comment to one of the free staters saying something to the effect of look just want to let you know you may not be seeing it overtly but there are a lot of minds being changed Oh, no? and yeah. as the Christian anarchist, I would like to uh, to call your attention to a little bit of inconsistency okay, in, sure. uh, in, in how you speak on the air. God bless that you. Is, Gee, God bless <laughs> and, you. And directing this, directing this to Ian, of course. All right. Um, but you are very uh, good at pointing out to people when when they say to you that we are in Iraq or we are doing this or we are doing that, that you are not included in that collective because you don't believe in the collective thought. Right. However, I catch you many times on the air, and unfortunately I can't point to any specific examples right now, where you do use the collective against groups that you don't approve of, such as um, racists. Or Police. One, um Police. Some police. Well, police, not, not so bad, because police, you've kind of toned down on that one. Although, you know... I throw in the disclaimer. We talked about the police recently. I usually throw in the disclaimer that uh, there's probably, some good cops. think he's getting better about it, yeah. And, of course, Christians are one that you certainly like to uh, loop together and form as a collective. And, uh, you know, there are other groups, uh, Republicans and Democrats. I know you like to use them as a collective. But I just wanted to point that out to you. It's a little bit of an inconsistency. Well, thanks for and that, Gene. I appreciate it. I would... I would say that 
that I use the collective. See, I, I don't find a real problem with using collective terms. So in my own conversation i do use collective thought well i think there's i think that uh you know there are certain stereotypes that exist for a reason you know i think that uh, the reason why stereotypes are there is because it makes it easy to communicate about what a certain type of person tends to believe obviously when we're talking about issues we can't get down into each individual's viewpoint so we have to to some extent group certain people together but i mean to be fair we were talking about the the recent protest in dc and we pointed out that not all of the people there are likely to be a bunch of uh, angry conservatives that there are likely some other folks in that particular movement but it has a certain flavor to it the the, the tea party protests and those that that kind of uh, that movement that we've been seeing over the last several months it does have a very distinct kind of we're the Republicans and we're angry flavor. Is that true for everybody that's there? No, and I think we've I think we've acknowledged that. But I'll you know do my best to uh, to keep on top of it. Thanks, Gene. For, appreciate the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Because I don't want to be roped into uh, to being a collectivist or, or utilizing those terms. And, and I think there's some I think there's some validity what to what he's saying. But at the same time, we have to be able to communicate and talk about things that are happening. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I've got an email that kind of relates on the the subject of bigotry. Uh, We'll try to get to that here in a little bit, but your calls are the primary element, and you are on the line. 800-259-9231. Well, maybe not you, but you could be. The toll-free number is available, and you can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. Uh, the features, by the way, include the chat room. You can go in there 24 hours a day, but the best time is during the show at chat.freetalklive.com. That's chat.freetalklive.com. And uh, Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources to offer some uh, gold and silver deals to our listeners. And I just wanted to read some feedback I got here from uh, Lo- Good. Because well, I know people have been buying them, which yes, is great. A lot of people have been buying them, and it's it's not like there's a huge profit margin on gold and silver right now, anyway. Because you know people are, uh, you know, there's a lot of competition in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's not a huge profit for us, although it's great. It's great to get it. Um, we want to be able to offer the lowest prices to people, and that's what we try to do. So this is from Lothar, uh, Mark. I want to give you some feedback. Uh, Midas has been excellent. They're prompt and they send notices at each step of the buying process. Um, I dealt with another gold dealer, and the contrast is amazing. Very happy with Midas. Thanks. I'd, I'd like to just interrupt here. When I was shopping around for gold initially, I ended up choosing Midas. This was before they were really uh, heavy on our show. Um, but when I was shopping around, I was looking at the bullion dealers, and I, I emailed them a question, or I tried to call, and I, no one ever got back to me. It's like, yeah. your business isn't important to us. That's, that's the feeling that I got. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Midas as well. So he says, I hope FTL is profiting. Um, also, I hope that uh, the six or seven others that I've shown these uh, Lakotas to say they are also the most attractive silver rounds mm. out there. 
I suggest to anyone interested in purchasing little codas that you consider purchasing them in increments of 20, and they send them in a very convenient container, and I'm not certain about that, whether it's true for the Sovereigns or Walking Liberties. I didn't buy those, and I'm not sure either. Yeah. I would imagine they do send them in a container, but, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, it makes it easier to ship, I yep. think. And they uh, Midas Resources has a really great opportunity for people to buy 20 of them if they'd like. You can call this number that I'm going to give you here in a minute and reserve 20 and then make payments on them, even though you don't have the... 400-something dollars, almost $500 to buy 20 uh, silver rounds, you can lock them in at today's prices, which have just gone up um, at $22.30 a piece for these Lakota rounds by calling 877-857-9938. Silver and gold are on their way up. Uh, Midas just can't update their prices quickly enough to keep up with it. So if you call them right now, you can get in on these uh, you know, these prices that are already a really great deal. Twenty two thirty for a Lakota bank is eight hundred. Excuse me, eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. And that's for an ounce. Of, that's an ounce of silver. Yep. Okay. Right. Yeah, and the silver's up to seventeen forty four an ounce spot price. That's spot price. Yeah. You yeah. can't. You cannot. You can't get, buy it. Spot no, you can't. But that, the premium the is full. Yeah, but the premium is reasonable on, on that right now. That price yes, and those are gorgeous rounds. I've seen them. All right. We continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Going to Winnipeg, where Scott is on the line. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hi guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of talk on your show about vaccines and, and things like that, and uh, I always a little bit when, when I hear uh, vaccine talk, or if I hear Ian talk about child sex. Those are the two things I really squirm <laughs> when I hear uh, Free Talk Live. Um, but I, I have maybe somewhat of a request. Now, regardless of, of what side of the debate you're on as far as vaccines go, I'm going to ask that maybe if you try to think of it this way, in that because the politics are so interspersed with the medicine, and, and it's not an ideal way to, to have it, honestly, but I'm going to ask that if you could think about it in terms of separating the science from the politics, um, because as we, we've heard about, like, these mandatory vaccinations and all this sort of crap that the government will do, which, to me, can almost cloud the issue whether, you know, is, is the science there? Does it work or not? And that's sort of uh, maybe my request uh, to uh, Mark and, and Wayne, and not so much Ian, he's kind of on the fence with it, or, or maybe not as concerned about it, but... Um, I guess that's about what I want to, to get out without getting into any sort of shouting match. Do you understand what he's saying? Well, he's asking me to accept that vaccines are okay because no, the science no, is okay. No, no, I'm asking you to separate the science from the politics. Well, I can't right. separate the science, though, Scott, because I can't go and read the science behind every vaccine but, that's out there. Wait, what? There are dozens of vaccines out there that the average person can get. But wait, isn't uh, the, what I'm hearing you say, Scott, is that... And, and we've had people who've called in to essentially support the vaccines who've said, who've made it clear, look, I don't want to force these on anybody. I don't think that you should be forced to do these we've things. We've also had people call in to say that, well, I'm, I'm not so sure about liberty, that maybe um, humans are too dumb to make this vaccine decision themselves, and it should be forced on people. You're saying, you're saying avoid that discussion? Well, no, what, I, what I'm saying that is when, when uh, getting into the, the idea of how you feel about vaccines, it's so easy. Like, I, I know I have an anti-government bias. I definitely do. Anything the government, you know, pushes on me or things that I, I naturally want to rebel against. Sure. And I think that sometimes people might be taking that and mixing it in with the science. Like, either it works or, or it doesn't. Or, or somewhere in between, what does the real science say? You're saying, no, I'm not people, a scientist. You're saying that some, you believe, and it's probably true, that some people are rejecting vaccines on their face simply because the government is promoting them. Yes. 
Well, Scott, um, the f- I, I believe is that why you're rejecting vaccines, Mark, is because the government to some extent, is them? to some extent it is. I mean, like I I don't like the government what, promotes seatbelt use as well, but that's not I a do bad wear idea. Um, but you're I, not being asked to inject a foreign substance into your body. I, I, I have had problems with vaccines myself, and so I have personal experience that's negative with, uh, with a vaccine. And I know that there's a difference between childhood vaccines and, and flu vaccines. I get that. Um, and so I did some research. My research certainly isn't exhaustive, but it, you know, it's good enough for me. And I came up with the idea that I'm not so sure that this vaccine thing's wor- um, worth it. Now, so, Scott, I've got two questions on this particular sure. issue. Sure. Do you think if the government wasn't involved in forcing people to have vaccines in the way that the public schools, um, you know, essentially say that you have to have vaccines to come here and that kind of thing, do you think that as many people would be vaccinated as they are today if it wasn't mandated hmm. and it was only voluntary? I don't know. It'd, it'd just be pure speculation. I I don't know. You're not, pre- you're not prepared be. to jump in on that issue? I can, let me speculate. I will. Let me speculate before you do, Mark. Uh, I would say that if the government wasn't involved, then perhaps it could become an insurance issue. You know, for, it Perhaps could. it could be something where... If it was a concern, if the marketplace decided that this is something that's valuable, and I don't know if it would, I don't know what the marketplace will do, uh, nobody can predict that, but if the market did decide it was valuable, then there would be different ways to ensure that people got the vaccines that the market decided was the most useful ones. Well, maybe it wouldn't even be a vaccine, maybe it would be some other type of treatment to prevent Possible, getting, yeah. getting a disease or, or a virus. So, yeah. a, a vi- Like all my children, uh, I have four kids, they're all vaccinated, none of it was done through the schools, it was all through our family doctor. Was it done um, at birth? Uh, well, there's a, a schedule. Some are done after a couple months. You can't have it right when you're first new, newborn because your system can handle it. There's some you get after a few months, and, and then some you get at one year and, and things like that. So pretty much, yeah, right from when they were young. Oh, it was my understanding that they gave vaccines uh, right at birth. but Some I, you know, of them they did, and they stopped that. There was, a, there was a hepatitis vaccination that they were giving right at birth, which is It's a good idea to give hepatitis to a baby. Okay. Yeah, yeah it might, might well, have those are all yeah. things that uh, I, I think are good to, to prevent. But, um, now, I'm of the opinion if it was completely a free market and, and that everybody had a choice, and I'm not talking about insurance or anything like that, sure. if it was really about choice and vaccines, that the vast majority of people just simply wouldn't do it. And I you wouldn't with have you, this, this herd immunity thing that's so important to the, the pro vaxxers out there, Her immunity Scott. is very important, Mark. That's what keeps you and your kid from getting sick, because you're not... I absolutely agree, Scott. And yeah. and you're, since your kids have vaccines, why do you care? Why There's not I one scientific study... There's actually not one scientific study that shows that vaccines prevent any of the things that they are supposed to protect against. Thank That's you for the call, good. Scott. I appreciate it. More on the way here, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at bigheadpress.com slash pk. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Invite you on the phones at 800-259-9231. It's all free, of course. It's 1-800-259-9231. We have live streams on our website, broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam. It's all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com because 
Jason Osborne doesn't suck. Yeah, in fact, he's quite awesome. Uh, Sakel CAI, <laughs> head on over there. All right, let's continue here with your phone calls to Japan, where Michael is on the line. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, Michael. Gentlemen, how are you? Hello. Oh, God. All right. Uh, very nice. Um, so I, I, I always like it when Gene, the Christian anarchist, calls in because it's good to hear, you know, his kind of uh, his perspective on China and, and maybe Asia in general, even though, you know, he's living in the States. And I, I realized not too long ago that I am actually an immigrant. And I put it when I put it in those terms, it sounded kind of weird um, because I, I moved here after after college, and I didn't really see a whole lot going for me in the state. So I moved to Japan, and I don't know. I, I think I'm doing well. I own my own company, and nice. I don't know if I could be doing this back home. How much uh, time did you have to spend learning Japanese before you moved over? Did you just immerse yourself and figure it out when you got there? I showed up with no money at all, and I moved to a place where there weren't any other uh, furners. So uh, and the there weren't any other, you know, uh, any other English-speaking people around, maybe one or two. So basically it was out of necessity. So you did not know Japanese? You didn't even take a, a, a basic course on it before nah. you went over? No, I make didn't that really work? know where Japan was. I always kind of assumed it was, like, part of China. Uh, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but you know, it kind of felt like that. That seems you know, so difficult. Of... I, I mean, I, I'd never been in a situation like that before, and I've only heard people talk about it. It seems like it's, pl- you know, plausible in a place where the, uh, the, the language is actually written with Latin characters. Uh, you're going to figure it out if you go. I mean, I know, you, but you're all gonna, the symbols and the, the oh, yeah, it's, confusing. It's, I'm sure it was complicated. How long did it take before you were able to, you know, order food? I mean, it can't be easy. I... Uh, y- you know, you'd be surprised. I mean, J- Japanese is, uh, I don't know, it's its kind of a soft language. I think it'd be much more difficult to learn, than, or I'm sorry, it's much easier to learn than Chinese. But it didn't yeah. take so long. I mean, once you get the basics down and, you know, you, it, it's, I mean, what do you do? It's sink or swim, right? So yeah, the yucky. You just, <laughs> you guys, so. Um, hey, did you meet a nice uh, uh, Japanese girl and get married? Yeah, that was actually why I, I came to Japan. Oh, is that right? Was sick, so, uh, you came I mean, to Japan, she was why? Here. Well, she, 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 was Jap- she was Japanese. Yeah, anyway. Oh, she, wait, 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 point, point, wait, 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 point of information. You met her in the U.S. or you met her online? Yeah, I met her or? in the U.S. Gotcha. I met her in the U.S., yeah. So you had a translator? No, 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 I mean, she, she spoke English. Oh, yeah, okay. but did she come Anyway, I, show, I showed she... up here. The point is, I showed up here. And she broke up with me a week after I got here. So you didn't have much of a translator. Nah. That's kind of sad that you would go there and then she would break up with you. I mean, did she encourage you to move there? Uh, I I had kind of promised I would, and then I realized I was not keeping my promise. So then I I did it just, you know, so I felt honest. Yep, yeah, that makes sense. And he made it work out. I like just I say, you, you learned you learned the language. You jumped in. You immersed yourself. It can't, you know, it worked out. And you're owning your own business. That sounds great. Great story. Right, and I'm an immigrant, and I I think that's pretty sweet. Because, what was the process uh, like? I mean, we we hear uh, we understand that in the United States it's a nightmare uh, bureaucratic process with fees and applications and lost applications and reapplying and refees and all kinds of just hell uh, that these poor folks have to go through to just come to this uh, this place. What was it like right. in Japan? You know, I was always kind of an open borders kind of person even before I came here, um, but you know. 
after going, you know, you know, be going through all the hassle and everything that you have to do here, you know, you have to really sympathize with people who just want to come and, you know, like mow people's lawns. I mean, I came here like trying to be a professional and and you know build my life here and whatever. You know, I'm I'm not like what I was tra- what I've been trying to do is maybe a little more complicated than what the average you know maybe Mexican immigrant or wherever they're from is is trying to do. So. I don't. I mean, it's it's crazy all the papers. But to be fair, um, I really don't do much most of what they want me to do. Really? Before yeah, you know, you'd be uh, you'd be surprised at what you can get away with. Um, because I mean, bureaucracy, especially in Japan, is um, it's insane. You know, and they're really paper based. They really haven't gotten the whole computer thing down yet. So everything just kind of gets lost in the in the ether. Because you know, you're required by law. Everyone in Japan is required by law to join the the health scheme. Yeah. Um. And you know, and I know for a fact because my girlfriend's grandmother does this that old people go to the clinic just for social time, and they don't have to say anything. <laughs> just, to just to hang out to in the waiting fun. room or something. Talking about their infirmities. Hang out. Yeah. They go there. They get they get you know checked out by the doctor and blah 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 and maybe you can get massages here i mean you can get all kinds of stuff but i refuse to pay a dime into that really i just refuse yeah so you're in the and, program but, but the not... old people need massages but wait a minute you're, yeah you're do. in the program they're aware of your existence but you're not paying i'm not paying what just... are the consequences and i told them i wouldn't pay and and it's an endless battle every time I go to the the city hall here because um, my girlfriend actually made me register. All right, so here's the thing: I was registered my first year because my my employer, my first year registered registered, registered for the health I, thing. I, you mean? Yeah, yeah, and I yeah for the health thing, and I didn't know any better, so I just did it, you know. And then when I had to start doing it myself, I was like, this is ridiculous. So I I, I just. Didn't pay. So you have and to re-register every year, was or just when you change careers? No, or what? Well, it's it's kind of hard to explain, but the way they do it's very local. It's it's a kind of it's a national program, kind of, but it's all administered locally. So mm-hmm. when you move to a different place, you have to re-register again. So when I moved to Tokyo from the little town I was in before, I just didn't re-register, and uh, that was like three years ago. So. When I went, my girlfriend, like, basically made me go there and register for it so she wouldn't kill me. And oh boy. that's why I went. And um, <laughs> otherwise, I'd really need the help. And I went there, and I registered. And then they sent me a huge bill for, like, four or $5,000 telling me that I had to pay for the years that I hadn't paid, even though I didn't really? use any of their services. That's how wow. a socialized medicine works. So you didn't pay right. that bill? Uh, no. So then, what, so then what happened was I had to I had to renew my visa, but it's it's kind of hard to explain the bureaucracy here. It's really you know deeply embedded. But I had to renew my visa. I renewed it, but I didn't inform the local government that also does the health insurance thing. So they think that. My visa's expired, and then I'm not actually uh, here anymore. Uh, so they canceled my health insurance. Oh, I love it when bureaucracies can interact and work together with one another. It's so beneficial to us yeah. sometimes. That's what's great. It, but, what's it, yeah. but what's it like being an American, being a business professional in Japan? 
Well, I mean, that's, I mean, it depends what you, what you do, but I mean, it usually works to your benefit because I, mean, I think most people here are teaching English. Well, not most people, but a lot of people are expected to be teaching English or, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. I did it, but, um, I think once you reach maybe a certain level, especially language wise, not that I'm perfect, but anyway, I mean, it's, it's good. You know, I mean, have, I think you get, how many years have you been uh, there? Uh, six. Six years. And you feel like you're pretty fluent at, uh, at this point? I hope so. Yeah. Well, how long does it take? I, I think... Once you, once you immerse yourself... To be honest, I know, people, I know people who have come here and within a year are basically completely fluent, but That's they have like, dedicated their whole lives to it. Yeah. That's incredible. I thank you for the story tonight. Any, uh, any uh, additional things you want to share just briefly, like in the next 10 seconds, about why uh, Japan is great for you? Uh, no, no. I mean, uh, if you want to read more about, you know... I guess what's really going on in Japan. Check out uh, Mike Rogers' columns at Lou Rockwell. And English.com. Don't, don't forget that one. <laughs> don't uh, the Japanese freak out about guns? Uh, yeah, but you know, my girlfriend's uncle has guns. He shoots uh, deer in there, in the forest. In Interesting. Do you like sushi? Thanks for the call. We're out of time for this, but I appreciate hearing from you. More time for your calls if you make them right now. 800-259-9231. Always interesting to hear from people uh, around the world. I mean, there's, it's different out there. I like that. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sagal CAI toll-free line. Joining in tonight, it's Ian here. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We invite you to enjoy the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Oh, they can also send in a validated video as well. You can get all the details and see the Shrine for yourself at shrine.freetalklive.com. I've been taking a, a new vitamin here, and it's an antioxidant all-in-one. It's called Choose for Health's Superfruit Complex. It contains goji, mangosteen, acai, and nani fruit. These fruits have been uh, are considered by many experts to be some of the most nutrient-rich fruits that the world has to offer. And you can get a free week by calling 800-219-8874. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. They'll give you a free week's worth. 1-800-219-8874. Choose for health. We continue taking your phone calls, and you get to bring up what you want. Let's go to Gary in Indiana. Gary, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Wayne and Mark. Mushy, mushy. Gary, what's on your mind tonight? Mush, mushy. <laughs> uh, what was the last caller's name? Uh, Michael in Japan? Oh, Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he sounded like he spoke a lot of Japanese. We had fun I don't. With him. I, I just want to say, wakarimasu, gozaimasu. Are you cursing in Japanese on our No, that's, that's hello. Sure it that's is. how you say hello. <laughs> Basically, that's my extent of Japanese. You know, sushi, sake, and wakarimasu, gozaimasu. Sashimi. Okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Is that what you wanted to do, was just call and speak in Japanese for us? Well, no, actually, I thought this was the Alex Jones show. Oh, so, <laughs> well, I'm not, so, I'm not sure if I'm sorry to disappoint you or happy to disappoint you, but uh, we're not. This is Free Talk Live, and you really can bring I'm up not anything. sure I believe you. Go ahead. <laughs> really? No, seriously. They, their number, 259-9231, it says call into the Alex Jones show right up on the Internet. Yeah, there you go, except that's only during the live hours that he's on the air. So right, 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 right. He's on a different time zone, and, you know, 
my brain. I think you're off by like eight not eight hours or something, but I'm not sure exactly hey, when you he know, showed. You know, I thought, you know, what the heck? I might as well, right? Well, yeah, you know. So, whatever. what did you want to talk to Alex about? Uh, well, actually, I was going to talk to Alex about the Acorn scandal. Oh, is this the thing with the prostitutes, the child I prostitution? Think so. I, I really, I really don't know. I haven't seen it on the internet yet, but I oh, thought, this is the know. big news, right? I mean, yep. the Glenn yep. Beck. NPR uh, says that a- Acorn is discredited at this point. Uh, the Senate has uh, pulled their funding. What it's is over. Acorn? I mean, I've heard, I've heard it's, things about it, but it's I don't. A community organizing group that that Obama was was been involved with gets for many people years. Registered and, to vote, right? And I think Alex Jones is saying something about uh, they're involved in, uh, you know, taking children from places. Against their will, or something like oh, that. Oh, the the child sex slaves kind of thing is something that the allegation? Like that. Well, they were. I, involved. I was wondering what what is the conspiracy theory behind Acorn? Because yeah, I, Alex I really Jones has a conspiracy theory for everything. Yeah, basically, uh, the only thing I wanted to point out was that the uh, logo for Acorn, you know, it actually looks like a baby's bib on a hanger. You know, like they're saying uh, we're going to hang your kids out to dry. I haven't seen it. I, 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 I can't know. comment. I like I've, I've I know this acorn thing is supposed to be a big deal in the world of conservative talk radio because mm. I've just heard a lot about it just kind of through the grapevine, but I've never actually taken the time to uh, to look into it. So what happened was they went and they ran uh, an undercover operation on these guys, and didn't they go in and try to get advice as to how to t- get welfare or something like that if they were running a child sex sex ring or something? Yeah, like that. Like that. Right. That's. Basically, what I heard on the Alex Jones and they show, videotaped that, him. you know, he, he they came in here and said we've got a, you know, something that we want to do. It's illegal and immoral. And basically, they said, okay, well, we've got a program for you for that. <laughs> Thank you uh, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. There's also there was a big hoopla a few months back because Acorn was also involved with the census. And, oh, really? and some of that GPSing of people's front doors was actually being done allegedly by Acorn people. Who so were, they got the contract for it, basically. Yes, basically. So with with the whole welfare uh, prostitution thing, and I guess when I use the term child prostitution, probably wasn't accurate. I think the girl they said they had was thirteen in there. I don't really consider that a, a child. It's borderline, I would say. But you know, depending on uh, when puberty hits, is when I think someone changes from a, a child into a, a teenager. But if we didn't have welfare, then this wouldn't really be an issue, right? And then the, then the issue is only child prostitution. Like, this is supposedly a, a bad thing because teenagers are being put up as, as prostitutes. I mean, that's one of the reasons why this well, is, is, is hitting as a big story. Under the, the, the current system, sort of a brothel is, is likely to be something that's very coerce, a very coercive place, as opposed sure. to in a free market, a more free market at the very least, where prostitution was legal, then it wouldn't be as coercive or um, you know, coercive at all, necessarily. It wouldn't necessarily be coercive. It certainly could be. So um, I think that that's what really the, the issue is here. Is they, they were talking about a very coercive uh, operation. That they were going to get funding. Yeah, I, th- I think that in the absence of the, the whole welfare issue, then the issue becomes just, well, should teenage girls be able to sell their bodies for sex? And I say yes. I say teenage boys should be able to as well. 800-259-9231, because <sighs> the fact is they're doing it right now. They're, uh, it's already happening, and it's illegal. So if they get caught, they get in trouble, and that doesn't make their lives any better. Plus, there is the violence factor. Uh, there is the prohibition factor, which means that they're likely to run away and get involved with some very dangerous people uh, who are, you know, don't have their best interests at heart, uh, and that 
you know, that puts it at a higher risk of various different things. And if they're doing it in the black market, of course, there's also the, you know, the fact that the Johns could be violent. That could lead to some dangerous things. Of course, in the black market also, we've seen the prostitution tends to lead to all kinds of sexually transmitted diseases, whereas in the, in the marketplace, as you can see in Nevada, there's a fairly safe factor in that they, uh, they test their girls. But they're not 13. That's true. That's true. Yeah. They're, not, they're not 13. But I've got kids, and I, I just, I, I, I'm not okay with that because I think, that, I think there's an age where kids should be under the supervision of their parents. They should be mentored But what if they want to leave the home? What if they decide they've had enough of you? <laughs> well, they won't do that because I'm good well, to my kids. Well, you're a good kids. dad, but what if you're beating your kids? Well, I think that then there should shouldn't be, they be able they to should... emancipate themselves and go have their own life? Well, I think that it should be maybe at a later age. If a te- if someone is old enough to make the decision to move out and uh, strike out upon their own, then shouldn't they be able to make other decisions about themselves? Well, there are grandparents, there are guardians around that could probably take care of them until they're 16 or 17, but. Yeah, you know, 13's kind of young, and kids that age think they know everything. And they, and oh, I'm they, not advising they, they do such a thing. I'm just saying that there are certain circumstances where I think it's appropriate uh, for a young person to leave home. And obviously absolutely. it would be best for them to go with a grandparent or somebody else that can help take care of them. Because they may think they know everything, it's, and then they'll get out into the world and discover absolutely they don't know everything. And right. it was a lot harder than they thought it was going to be, and they'll come crawling back. It's, it is not an easy um, question to deal with if a kid decides that it's a better idea to stay out of the home, one one has to assume that there's a pretty good reason because it is extraordinarily difficult as a teenager to live outside the home, so uh, outside the, the the parents' home. So one has to assume that if they do decide to do that, it's got to be for a pretty darn good reason. I don't know what it would be, uh, you know, something awful. I can only imagine. Toll free number here is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We will go to Dennis in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Dennis. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, actually, I, I can't. I got to touch this. You're talking about Acorn. This yeah. is this is so huge. Not the scandal. Like I could care about that, but the fact that some of their funding is being cut uh, over the last couple of weeks, ever since the quote unquote town hall that Obama had in Portsmouth, um, a group of political activists, one of which is me, have been trying to figure out who was bussing these people up and who's paying for what we call the astroturf, the fake grassroots out there. Yeah. And well, because what is, you've seen is, Dennis, is that there have been people that have literally come in on buses. You saw there's video footage of this on I think it's your YouTube channel, which I don't know what that is off offhand. But there's video footage that you captured of these people exiting these buses and you ask them, where are you from? And they're telling you Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Massachusetts and Maine. And uh, it was amazing. So it's absolutely happening. And they're stacking various different political events. Some might even allege that they're they're busing people up to vote uh, during the elections up here in New Hampshire. It would be very easy. It's not hard to do. Right. In New Hampshire, all you basically have to do is say, I declare that you intend to move where it is that you're voting. The coalition of New Hampshire taxpayer has dozens and dozens and dozens of specific enumerated documented individuals, all students that were bussed in from Mass. They even have signed letters from some of these people that, you know, their conscience ate at them, and they realized that they were, you know, destroying the democratic process or whatever. Mm. And they still cannot get the uh, attorney general to prosecute on some of these cases. It's it's amazing. And you're saying um, it was the ACORN group? You're saying it was the ACORN people? Um, it's weird. Like I say, I... I feel like a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, I'm looking at the data here, and it's crazy. Um, 
there are a number of groups that are all, you know, it's some of the people that kind of slide between them. It's almost like if I was going to describe free talk live crowd versus the free team crowd versus the free state project crowd. They're all smooshed together. In this case, it's the SEIU, Service Employees, whatever, Intelligence, something union, labor, whatever. Um, Acorn. It's, they're, they're all corporate entities that are linked. It's wild. And so now their funding's getting pulled, so you're expecting us, you're hoping that'll at least slow the problem? I'm hoping it at least puts a dent in it because it's amazing how much impact More these coming up have. here in moments. Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Dial on in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free. We go back to your calls about anything. And back to Dennis in New Hampshire. had a, a few more thoughts for us. You had found out that... Some of the shenanigans that were going on here in New Hampshire, and who knows, maybe they're going on elsewhere across the country with things happening like uh, po- political activists being bussed in to political events to tilt the scales as far as making a certain interest group look larger than it might actually be. You found out that this ACORN group that has been so discussed in the, the, the media and in talk radio was actually one of the groups that was behind this. That's right, and there's a, a number of these front groups that are all kind of connected. Um, I found one called True Democracy Project, uh, the, the Service Employees uh, International Union, which is pretty much government workers worldwide banding together to influence government. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just you know showing up at town hall meetings. I mean, that's something, but they do some things that are very, very effective. I mean, some of the things... I wish we could do if we had like a small army of people that were willing to go door to door and talk to people about their feelings on a bunch of issues and enter all that information into a database for get out the vote things for little primaries that most people don't pay attention to. That's huge. That's huge in terms of impacting what the government actually does. Um, And I just want to throw this out there. So a number of us have been, and and there was one guy in particular who's been amazing. He's been a machine. and he's got the names, addresses, everything you could want to know about pretty much all of the, for lack of a better word, the operatives that are heading up these organizations, these fund organizations. Like there's an organization called Granite State Progress whose purpose is to enact an income tax. Oh, dear. The, the SC- I, I'm just saying, oh, oh, dear, that is not a good idea. I, if they ever enact a New Hampshire income tax, I pledge to not pay. Actually, they are going to have their next little subcommittee meeting um, on October 20th, 
And the plan is to drop a neutron bomb. I mean, the political equivalent of a freaking neutron bomb at that meeting. Um, we know that all the media is going to be there. They were there at the last meeting, which pissed off the chair of that committee so much. She thought that meeting was going to be so not secret, but not publicly, you know, not a media circus. Mm-hmm. It was great. So October 20th, um, we're pretty much going to end out um, the uh, pretty much wanted posters, I guess you could say, the, the, the playing cards, like, you know, name, address, phone number, what they do, who pays them. I mean, it's going to be... And are you expecting I, I those individuals to actually be present at this meeting, the people that you'd be outing? Oh, absolutely. 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 And when that is in front of, you know, the, the, the cable television network, and I don't mean my little cable TV show, I mean, you know, the, the regional cable network news, that is, they are going to ask themselves. It is going to be mind-blowing. I'm hoping a lot of people turn out because, you know, the more people there with pitchforks and freaking torches and effigies is the even better. I'm, I'm hoping maybe, you know, some, some females will stand there and just take their shirts off and expose their bare breasts and say, <laughs> here, you want the shirt off my back? Is that what you want, Chairman Almy? <laughs> That's what they want. All right, Dennis. Good luck out there, and thank you for all the the hard work, Dennis Goddard from the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. I think they'll have that kind of uh, reaction over there in, in uh, Concord and Manchester area because they, the the activists are active in that kind of thing. New uh, nhliberty.org is their website. Great organization of people that are getting some amazing things taken care of and accomplished up here in New Hampshire that just wasn't possible where I came from. They have more activists that are involved in this one organization than I think the whole Libertarian Party had at uh, one of their state conventions down in Florida. These people at the New Hampshire oh, yeah. Liberty Alliance are they doing can, some they can amazing give, work. They can get a bigger crowd for brunch, uh, you know, for the the NHLA than uh, than the Libertarian Party could for a state meeting in Florida. Yeah. And these are people that are doing more than sitting around and chit chatting about issues. These are people that are actually going out. You want to talk about some political action that's having some success? Look to the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance here in New, in New Hampshire. And it, is this emulatable, uh, emulable, if you will, in other states? I don't know. You have to have a significant amount of volunteers because one of the things these are folks do... Are other people moving to your state for liberty? Yeah. Uh, one of, well, some of them are leaving and coming to New Hampshire. Right. But uh, one of the things that these folks are doing is they're getting out there and they're reading every single piece of proposed legislation here in New Hampshire. And they're grading most of them, I think, on a, a liberty scale or a certain amount of them. They're grading them as to whether or not voting for it would enhance liberty or against it would enhance liberty. And then they give those voting recommendations out on what they call their gold standard, which is a gold-colored sheet of, of paper that they hand out at the front door, the basically the entrances to the, the House of Representatives. So in the same way that the Republicans and the Democrats have their talking points and the uh, the recommendations that they hand down to their rep- – the you know, the R's and the D's – the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is handing that pay- paperwork to everybody. Every Republican or Democrat or Independent that comes through the doors, they're handing that, uh, well, if you want to vote for liberty, here's how you should vote. And those are just two of the things they're doing. They're also grading all of the reps based on how they do actually vote in a year's sure. time. Sure, and, and you know, even the worst so- most socialist rep wants to know what kind of grade they got from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. They can't help but look. So I, I think that even for the worst ones, the, these gold sheets have some effect because they're like, well, you know, I, I could especially, get a higher score. Especially since 
sometimes politicians strive to be popular. And yes. Libertarianism is actually becoming more and more popular. I'm it amazed is. how much more popular it is today than it was even two years ago. They can't marginalize us like they uh, like they could in the past, especially when you've got a group of a fair amount of people like we have here in New Hampshire, and more are coming. So it's really exciting, uh, an you know, exciting you know, Ian, I think there's more libertarians at those tea parties than, than you would think, too, because I, I was looking through the signs. I, I looked at hundreds of pictures from the one on September 12th, and I was looking at the signs as a judge of, you know, where they were at. And I'll tell you, a lot of them were very libertarian, non-neocon type signs. Oh, I believe you. And that's why I suggest that people go to these events and, and recruit. I mean, come there with Free State Project flyers, Free Talk Live handouts, things like that. The other point is a trends forecaster, Gerald Salente, has been predicting now that there's a intellectual revolution going on in this country. And he calls it a progressive libertarian revolution and he even predicts maybe the possible emergence of another third party. But... I, I thought it was interesting the way he referred to it as a progressive libertarian revolution. Yeah, the U.S. federal government will fail before the, any third party has any chance of actually winning an office. It's certainly with uh, McCain-Feingold in place. Yeah. Uh, so toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. And I, I don't like that term revolution. I know it's popular. I know that's the the hip term to use when you're talking about change, actual, you know, something significant changing. Well, real revolution happens in, in the hearts and minds of people, even if there's ever never a war fought. I just it bugs me because it seems to me that the definition of revolution is to revolve and to bring back around to the beginning and try it all over again. And I think that we need to move on beyond that. And the only way to do that is to evolve. So remove the r. And add the and just leave it as evolution. I think that's that's sufficient. In fact, I think it's more accurate to describe what's happening, because the ideas of liberty aren't really a revolution. It's something new. It hasn't really been tried in the past. Not in the way that uh, that I talk about it on this program. That's for sure. Let's continue and uh, take your calls. By the way, the guys from the Motorhome Diaries have used the term uh, peaceful evolution, which uh, I utilize over at uh, freekeen.com, and it's kind of nice to hear more people picking up on that particular uh, phraseology because I think it's a great uh, explanation in two words of what we should be working towards. Peace and evolution from force and violence. Exactly. Let's continue with your calls and go to Eric in Texas on the amp line. Hello, Eric. Hello. What's on your mind tonight? So uh, I got pulled over today. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it, it ended up actually leading to a discussion with my mom, who I've been getting pretty good at, at debating the philosophies of liberty with, but uh, uh, we kind of I kind of hit a brick wall with her uh, today. Um, was she in the car when you were pulled over? No. Okay. No, no, no. I was, this was afterwards. When I was telling her about it, did it have anything uh, to do with cops, courts, or roads? Uh, cops. Okay, good. You got pulled over. Just wondering. <laughs> so, what was uh, your discussion? Well, so so the basic backstory is I got pulled, the reason the cop pulled me over was because I was pulling out of a McDonald's on a front of the highway, and I caught a three lane traffic and turned around. Tell you what, we're going to put you on hold. You can tell the story in a moment. Sounds like your phone breaking up a little bit there. Probably be in a better cell when we come back. We'll get the rest of his story here. And what did the conversation, what uh, what was the conversation between him and his mother? It's always interesting to hear how people are handling the discussions with family members because they are the toughest people to bring on board with the ideas of freedom. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free 
bring up whatever you want by dialing in the toll-free number to get on Free Talk Live. That's the reason we call the show Free Talk Live is because you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in uh, toll-free at 800-259-9231. The number brought to you by SACL CAI. That's 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates. FreeTalkLive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can go over there um, and try it out by downloading a free audiobook today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. And I happen to know that the new Dan Brown novel, uh, The Lost Symbol, is Available at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, and you can get it for free. Let's continue with your phone calls and go back to Eric in Texas. He was pulled over, not sure what the reasons were, and then got into a conversation about the state and the government with his mom and wanted to, uh, or his mother, and wanted to get into that, the detail with us. So continue, please. Okay, so basically I got pulled over for crossing three lanes of traffic to hit a turnaround, uh, and the, the cop ended up just citing me for that. And But he did ticket me for not having my proof of insurance because uh, I had given it to my wife that, uh, a couple days before to go get her. Wait a minute. Isn't a citation the same as a ticket? No. A citation, you don't have to pay for it. A ticket, you do. Sounds so like a, a warning that's to a written, me. So you're saying that's a written yeah. warning? Yeah, it's like a written warning. Gotcha. Um, Take your word for it. The, the, where it gets interesting is in Texas now, we the cops have a system. This is statewide where before they ever pull you over, they know whether or not you're covered by insurance or not, uh, and w- basically what the exact policy is. Hmm. So he knew before he ever pulled me over that I had insurance, but he decided to write me a ticket for not having my proof of insurance with me. Wow. So is that one yeah. of those things that you can supposedly get blown off if you take the proof into the court and show them? Exactly. And, th- and that was my point when I was talking to my mom, is that all this guy succeeded in doing was – just wasting time. All he did. I, I'm not going to have to pay a dime for any of this after having two hours of my life wasted with my three kids in the back of my car in the hot Texas sun. You were pulled Perhaps. over for two hours? Well, because, um, yeah, it, it, longer story. Uh, it turned out that apparently my license has been suspended five days prior because of something that happened a year ago that I thought had been paid oh, off. Geez. Re- How many re- times do you do we have to hear this story? I'm not, not criticizing you. I'm just saying it's so common that somebody yeah. will say they've taken care of it. They've sent in the oh. fine. They've sent in the paperwork. They've done as they were demanded that they do by the government people. And then some government goon blows it or whatever, doesn't enter the information correctly or just doesn't even do the, their job. Who knows what the actual real story is as far as why the information gets lost or not entered correctly. And then you lose your license as a result of that or get suspended and people get pulled over and they get hassled, even though they did what they were supposed to do. In, in this case, it turns out it was my fault. It was one of those, you know, reoccurring fees that I have to pay over three years. I, you know, because God forbid you should pay it all in one lump sum. And I had forgotten that the year was up and I had to pay it again. And it's just you mean a, they don't send you a notice? They don't send you a an update saying, hey, pay up, here's our invoice? They said they did, but, you know, no. I never saw anything. 
Doesn't sound yeah, like doesn't sound to me like your fault until uh, the invoice is there. Personally. Yeah, and I, I've got better things to do with my life than look around, find it, uh, and and pay attention for it coming. So anyway, I, I got you know in this discussion with my mom afterwards, and uh, you know she says that I just have a problem with authority. <laughs> That's yeah. probably true too. A lot of I libertarians. Th- I was do. just thinking that you 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 have a bad attitude. <laughs> you should just bow down, and, do whatever they say. And and so you know I tried to bring up. You know, where does their authority come from? Mm, good question. And, and she says, well, you know, they've been placed in charge over us. I was like, so who did that? And she's like, well, you know, uh, the, the city government. I was like, and where does their authority come from? Well, you voted and, for them. Yeah, I was like, well, no, I, you know, I didn't vote for them. And she's like, well, everybody else did. I was ah. like, so, so then I brought up, you know, your classic example of, uh, two wolves and a sheep deciding on what's for dinner. Oh, that's not my example. I borrowed that from someone else. Oh, okay. Benjamin Frank- Franklin, maybe? Yeah, something like that. I I don't really have very many original ideas. I don't. <laughs> most of mine are, are cobbled from other people, which is you know the way ideas work. But go ahead. We, we, uh, so we, we, we kept going around and around. We weren't making any points. So then I was like, okay, how, try this one on precise. How about we just acknowledge that his authority really comes from the gun on his head? And and she kind of ignored me for a second, and then a few minutes later I went back. I was like, so you're, are, are you agreeing that, you know, the power that he has over me, that his supposed authority, really comes from the the uh, gun on his hip? And she says, why do you keep mentioning this gun on his hip? Was he pointing the gun at you? I was like, no, Mom, not directly. No. Uh, when what if you hadn't pulled over? Would he have pointed the gun at you? You're damn right he would have. <laughs> oh, no, he might have run, the, run you off he the road. He'd run off the road, and then he'd come up to the windshield, and he'd point that gun right That's at true. you. And if you would have flinched in front of your kids, he would have blown your brains all over the inside of that car. True no, statement. No, Mark, he would have tased him. Yeah. Uh, and, and so then I was like, look, Mom, you, get, you, just, you have to understand that whenever you're having a conversation with the government, uh, you have one side of the conversation always has a gun on them. Whether it's figurative or literal, it's there. It's implied. And she's like, that's not true. They don't bring guns to every conversation. And I was like, really? Explain. And then she tried to work the circular logic, and she never could answer the question. But by the end of the conversation, I just felt like I had hit a brick wall. And I was wondering if if you could give me another direction I could go next time. I don't really know where she was at on it. I mean, as, as far as, you know, she doesn't believe that there's a gun in the room? Yeah. That, I mean, and she big. couldn't give you an example of where there was no gun? Yeah, well, I mean, she would try, but I would go, I, I would just keep pointing back to, you know, if you don't pay your taxes, draw, you know. Draw an analogy. Uh, draw, draw, come to your house. draw this analogy for her. Draw the analogy between the taskmaster and the slave. Um, explain to her that if the slave says yes, massa, and goes out and picks the cotton, that the taskmaster isn't going to beat him with the whip. Right, that's true. He's going to be a good slave. He's going to beat the slow slaves or the uh, um the the, the, the disorderly ones. slaves. Yeah. That's the ones he's going to beat. However. They're all slaves. The one that's whistling um, happily about how great Massa is and picking the cotton as fast as he possibly can is still just as much a slave as the one who says, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not picking your cotton anymore. Go ahead and hit me again. They're both slaves. (laughs) The the analogy that I first used that, that she led to her telling me that I have a problem with authority 
was when I when I asked her what was the difference between what this cop did to me today and uh, a, a guy coming up to me on the street, pointing a gun at me, and then going, eh, you know what, I'm not going to rob you today. Because I kept pointing out that you know, he could have given me a fine or something, and he didn't, that I should be thankful for it. Oh, yeah, he's doing you a favor, that whole attitude. Well, she's still, yeah. she's still within that paradigm, and one of the things you can say for sure is that this is a message that takes time to sink in. Uh, I think you made the right points. You struck at the root. All you have to do is just continue striking over time and be gentle about it as much as you possibly can. And if she comes on board, she will. If not, what can you do? Thanks for the call, dude. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. Let me... Mics are on. Hey, it's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Uh, all the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And enjoy the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. And go to big pre- bigheadpress.com. They've got uh, free web comics over there that you can uh, peruse, including Escape from Terror, which I enjoy greatly. Several of them are, um, uh, you know, a couple of them are ongoing uh, and Several of them are complete, so it depends on whether you want to see the ongoing stories or the complete ones. There's a brand new one they've just started out recently called Phoebus Crumb. Go over there and check them all out at BigHeadPress.com. So we were talking, I, I might as well talk about what I was talking about when the mics uh, were, were accidentally turned on there at the beginning of the segment. There was a, a, a gentleman that came and showed up here in uh, New Hampshire today, here in Keene, and went to the city clerk's office and uh, kind of gave them a hard time because he's been asking for a bunch of records and I don't think I can get into details about what exactly he's going to be doing. But essentially, if this guy's plan plays out as he is intending to, and it looks like he's done similar things in the past, if his plan turns out, it may be a real pain in the butt for the government bureaucrats as far as them having to comply because of their own rules and that sort of thing with a bunch of records requests and, and uh, paperwork that just essentially will overload them uh, with stuff. Because normally government bureaucrats are used to not working too hard. But in this particular case, uh, it could be very problematic for them. So it's a very interesting situation. And as I know that I can tell you more, we will let you know because this is something that has already been done out in California. It's being done in Vermont. It's going to happen here now in New Hampshire, apparently. And this guy's had success with this. So it can. it's going to be something that we're going to learn about. And then hopefully if it works, as he's claiming it will then we'll tell you more about it as something that you might be able to accomplish where you live. You know, one way to, at the very least, you know, get them back uh, for all the awful things they've uh, they've done. You know, get, put, put those bureaucrats to work, darn it. They're so used to kicking back and collecting their pensions and their sweet, easy paychecks and their, their government cheese and not having to do too much work in order to get it. So this will actually put them to work. 
We'll uh, clue you in as we learn more. 800-259-9231-2, your phone calls. Aliko is on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live, Aliko. Hi, Aleko. Aleko, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, so I was at the Monolith Music Festival over the past weekend. Okay. And there was a um, booth for uh, Normal, Mm -hmm. um, like the the marijuana uh, legalization people. Correct. National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Yeah, so so I wanted to see what to talk to the guy, and and he had a little flyer, and it's it's actually a kind of a pet peeve of mine. It said um, it said legalize it, and then hello pot leaf, and underneath it said tax it. Oh, yeah, and and so I said, yeah, so I said, hey, you know, I'm I'm all for legalization, but you know, I can't support normal, and you know, he said why, and I said because I, I I can't pay taxes on marijuana. I'd still buy it illegally if I if that happened. I'd be so mad. <laughs> I mean, it, and you know, it's like I told him it's like paying the bureaucrats not to arrest us. It's like a bribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What was his and response? The guy was, oh, he was dumbfounded. He, and he, you know, actually, he was like bureaucrats. Like he didn't know what that was. And um, <laughs> 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 yeah, but, but, but yeah, yeah, he, he was just dumbfounded. You know, and and and, and that kind of worried me too. I was like, well, no one's ever brought this up. You know, and he was just like, "No, no, not really." He's like, "You know, you gotta, you got, you gotta make it sound good to them so they can legalize it." You know, and I was like, "Yeah." I, I kind of agree with that. No, I don't. I, well, uh, but I understand what they're doing. What they're doing is they're playing politics and they're trying to pander to the politicians because they're trying to get the existing set of politicians to change how they're behaving. And so what they're trying to do is say, "Well, look here, politicians, you guys want to get more money for government, right?" Well. If you legalize and tax marijuana, you'll get more money for the government. At this point, they tax everything that, you, that, that that's legal to smoke, and they tax everything that's legal that uh, alter, alters your mind. So why wouldn't it be that they wouldn't tax the thing that you smoke that alters your mind? But well, I see I mean, where... I don't... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, I don't think they wouldn't try that, but it's nothing I can support. It's just... Absolutely. I'm not completely... for it. I'm, I'm just saying that it's the most likely outcome. What would you prefer? Would you prefer to see marijuana stay illegal and all the people come to harm as they um, as they currently are? Or would you prefer to see it taxed? But that's a Hobson's way? choice. I mean, obviously, you're going to prefer to take it out of the black market, but it's, it's right. not it's a false choice. You can prefer what we have or what it's likely we'll get, or you can have some kind of fantasy that will never happen. Well, what you t- know what? The tax, though, will be nothing compared to the premium you pay right now because it's illegal, the risk premium, and also the lack of quality in some cases. I understand all of that, and you're, that's fine, and you can make a, a good case for it. And I, I realize what these organizations are trying to do, but at the same time, uh, I'm with you, Aleko, where, look, you guys want my support. Take a principled stand. Take a stand that says, this should not be the government's dominion. It's these a people are not plant. libertarians. Okay, I understand they're, they're that. pot legalization people. Well, how do you expect to bring them on board with these ideas? You have to talk, talk to, to them, them about, about it. it. I'm fine with talking to them about it, but don't say you're going to withdraw your support. You from never them. did support yes, them, did you? Aleko? No, no, no. I I I, I thought about it, but I, I didn't really support a taxation. I, I I I I thought that they were just kind of liberty, marijuana freedom people. Okay, like, so yeah, what is yeah. the penalty at this point for growing uh, uh, tobacco at your house, Aleko? Some places it's illegal. Um, I'm, I'm I, not asking you. I have, yeah, I, I have no idea. Probably okay, nothing. it's probably not anything really terrible, right? I don't know. Right. It's illegal in some places, from what I understand. States like North Carolina and things like that. I, that's what I've heard. I, I've never seen clarification. Have on you that. seen anybody in jail for it? I, I don't live in how North many Carolina. People, how many people are in jail for marijuana? A, a, Hundreds a of thousands. Of yes. How many people are in jail for 
tobacco. Not thousands, all right? Yeah. So the idea here is is if these people are successful in getting their law passed where they can get um, where marijuana is legal except for a tax, you will be able to grow your marijuana at your house and be untaxed for it and benefit from the hard work of those people. Give them your support, Aleko. No, he should give support to the people that support his viewpoint. And if there's an organization out there pr- promoting decriminalization and that's it, then I think that he should support what he what he supports, not something that's beyond that, not something that empowers the government, not something that gives them more finances. It, does, it is it not beyond it. it. The government is getting plenty of money and plenty of power from locking up pot smokers. But this Do not be them, a lunatic, man. Step them, back for a second. No, Don't this is be not crazy. Lunacy. This is uh, this is defending freedom. This is talking about liberty. I'm for freedom. I'm for pot being untaxed, but I'm not for stupid things. And supporting <laughs> the idea of you know is telling some organization that's. So you're telling, Aleko, you're telling Aleko that he's stupid. Is that what you're saying? Aleko is taking a position that is untenable. Aleko, do you believe that's so? Why is it untenable? There are plenty of places where marijuana has been decriminalized and not legalized, and that's been successful. Where? Uh, Massachusetts. It's a $100 fine that no one's paying. That's decriminalized. That's, that's exactly what you should be pushing for. Decriminalization oh, yeah. for $100 is... For $100 fines that no one pays? No, for decriminalization. Decriminaliz- in general, decriminalization takes it out of the realm I'm of criminality. That. Can I explain what it is? It's so still, people that don't understand can it'll understand. It'll still cost a lot more, though, if you decriminalize it. Well, maybe that's the case. It depends on how decriminalized it is. If you decriminalize marijuana, it takes it out of the realm of criminality, and it's neutral at that point. Then you can just sell the marijuana, buy the marijuana, grow the marijuana. There's no criminal penalties. It's just another product in the marketplace. Legalization connotates. It has a kind of a, a connotation of, okay, well, it's illegal now. We're going to legalize it. And usually the process of legalization means that some government regulatory bureaucracy will be uh, created or expanded to include marijuana regulations. Maybe the Liquor Commission will become the Liquor and Marijuana or the Liquor and Cannabis Commission, and they'll get all kinds of power and and all kinds of money from v- different vendors that want to sell it. They'll have to pay their $10,000 a year bribe to the state so the state doesn't come in and shut them down with violence like they'll shut you down with violence if you try to sell some alcohol to somebody without their permission slip. So and I, I don't blame you for feeling the way you do. It's uh, Legalization is a crap can uh, solution. And what if, what if they legalize it and tax it and I grow it in my house and try to sell it? Would that still be illegal if I if I tried to do it under the table? It probably, it probably would be, um, Aleko, but uh, I can tell you right now here in New Hampshire, people are selling uh, what they're calling agorist cigarettes, and mm, I haven't seen any problem, and there's no t- well, police task force get, out there. I got there. news for you, Mark. One of the free staters uh, has been, had his home raided for a still. Wow. Yeah. They came right in and took the, took the man still from him. They didn't even uh, they didn't even uh, he wasn't home at the time, or I think he was in a di- different part of the house. And they just walked right in. Thanks for the call tonight, Aleko. I appreciate hearing from you. More on the way. You can bring up what you want. That's because the liquor commission is real serious about their uh, li- about their laws. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Even in these remaining moments, the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. We'll try to sneak your call in if you're on the line. Uh, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian joining you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. 
by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. For as little as 3 bucks a month, we'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. And it seems like as time goes on, as Free Talk Live becomes more established in the industry, amp dollars will become better returns on investment um, simply because we're just more well-known stations are becoming aware that free talk live is an option they're becoming aware that free talk live has been around for a while and uh it's it's becoming okay it's becoming safe uh for stations to uh, to add free talk live it's not like they're beating down our door at this point but i did get a phone call out of the blue today from uh from a radio station i i'm not going to say where because we don't have the the signed agreement yet but it's a 50,000 watt fm which that's gigantic. Big. That's a big as FM. No, FMs go up to 100,000, right? Yeah, FMs go up to 100,000 watts. But that's a 50,000 watt big. FM is a big old FM. That's the biggest station I've ever been on. I used to be on a 50,000 watt station uh, when I lived down in Florida. And uh, that's a huge, it's a monster signal. So we're excited signal. about that. And, uh, and they called out of the blue, although I'd had some rapport with him in the past. Uh, he'd, he'd called in to say, okay, you know, we, we're ready for you. Which is great, and I talked to another guy yesterday. That, that or actually, excuse me, this was this morning. That uh, somewhere in Alabama, looking to take in the show for Saturday night. So, Free Talk Live's amplifiers are making this happen. They're making this possible, and it's only three bucks a month. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Get all the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. We continue your calls. Also coming up. A Totasac giveaway. So stay by your phones if you want to win one of these things. We had a, uh, a rave review of one of the Totasacs last night from Andrew, who was one of the uh, the police trained guys that was on the show with us at the end of the program. And Mark, you were there when he told you the uh, the good news about his experience with the with the Totasac. So people are liking these things. What yep. is it, what is a Totasac? You will find out. We'll get to that here. I'm in afraid a little bit. to ask. First, let's go to these phone calls. People have been waiting patiently. I think we have George in Arizona on the line. George, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, I got a question for you guys. Um, yes, sir. Do you think certain uh, races or ethnic groups can do things better than other uh, races or ethnic groups? I tend not to uh, believe such those, things. Those guys from, um, what is it, Zambia or wherever, are heck of a, a long-distance runners, it seems like. I have heard that white men can't jump, and there may be some truth to it, but I don't know. I'm not going to okay, go out well, on that list. What about, do you think like certain people are better at cooking? Gay guys. <laughs> I okay, don't so, think that so any... You're, you're kind of a collectivist in that sense, that you think that, that certain groups do things better? I think that's a joke. Like, example, I, think Wayne was, I think Wayne was joking. On that one. Well, well, I'm asking. I'm asking if that's the case. I mean, isn't there? No, I don't generally believe that. I think that perhaps, uh, from a sociological standpoint, gay guys probably are more likely to be interested in cooking. So therefore, they might very well be good at it because eh, things that people are but, more interested but in. But wait a minute, there's butch. You know, the, the, the I'm butch just gay saying guys. more likely. Yeah, I'm not okay. saying that they well, are. Just as statistically, and they're possibly better at singing likely. show tunes. And they're sharper dressers. Well, I'm, I'm not, not, all of them. not all of them, but, you know, I'm, they go to art Saturday, school sometimes. He, he said that he looked into the kitchen of a Mexican food restaurant there in uh, Keene, and he was happy that there were brown people in the kitchen because he thought that they would cook uh, Mexican food better. Doesn't that make so sense I, to you that Mexicans would cook Mexican food better? Let me tell you, um, dude, I've had uh, – there's, no. two, there's two places, and I eat at both of them because uh-huh. I, like the, I like both of their foods. There are two Mexican places here in Keene. Actually, there's a third, but we're boycotting them because they supported the smoking bill. 
But there's two Mexican places on Main Street that I will eat at. One of them is a burrito place. The other is a sit-down um, Mexican-style restaurant. And that's the one with the Mexicans. Uh, what? But I presume are Mexicans, but they are definitely brown. Um, uh, not from round here in New England, necessarily. So you said that, though, the, I think. They are let, in the let kitchen. Let me guess, because you, you feel like the food's more authentic. That's well. I feel that way, and I think that there is something to be said for uh, you know somebody that grew up in a speci- in a certain culture being able to cook food you know the way grandma used to cook it that that right. kind of thing. And uh, the fact is, the food at the burrito place, while it's good and it's cheaper, it just doesn't have that kind of Mexicali sort flair. of flair, a flavor yeah. or flair to it. The same thing with, with Italian restaurants. I've gone to a lot of Italian restaurants. I had an Italian grandmother. I don't want to see Mexicans in an Italian kitchen. I want to see Italians in an Italian restaurant kitchen. Yeah, I don't well, want to see a white boy here, here, uh, back here in, in Arizona. Uh, every kitchen has Mexicans in it, so um, I don't think I've ever gotten into a kitchen and like looked and um, said, "Hey, there's Mexicans here. I'm not. I'm not going to eat there because Mexicans don't know how to cook Italian food." Well, I mean, they, they can, I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying that if you want a real authentic experience, you want to go to a I, my, my own opinion is you go to a family Italian restaurant where grandma's making the meatballs in the back or she prepped them that morning or something. You'll get the real experience. Now, I'm not saying that Mexicans can't make good Italian food. They do. And I've had that, too. But there's something about the experience. Authenticity is worth something, too. Yeah. Is there, is, are you meandering like slowly towards a point here? Um. I'll ask you a question, so I just wanted to get. What is the question? What, what, well, I already asked it. Ask do it again. Do you think that certain ethnic groups? Do you think that certain ethnic groups or racial groups have uh, innate abilities to do certain things? No, I think, nothing um, innate. There's okay. nothing innate. You have to practice at cooking, and the certain people coming from certain ethnic backgrounds. Are going to be better at certain types of cooking. It's likely they've been cooking in those styles for a longer period of sure. time, and they have more practice at it. Are you saying that you could I'm, put... Uh, I'm going to make a better cheeseburger than I'm going to make a tampanyaki. Wouldn't you agree? But there's also... I think what, what, we're, no. what, what we can point out here is... No, you that, wouldn't agree? I'll tell you. I'm no, going to make a better I, I cheeseburger than I am a tampanyaki. <laughs> because, I wouldn't yeah. agree because I don't know you. I, I was I mean, raised you. as a white kid, and white <laughs> kids are going to be no. able to naturally make white food better just through a sort of process of osmosis. <laughs> don't be adult, man. What? I, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, uh, let's take, for example, Emeril Lagazzi. He's uh, who? He's a famous Emeril Lagazzi. He's on TV. Okay, he's he's a like chef. an Kapow. Italian guy. Zambo. He's a chef. Shaboom. Okay, and he's, he's a great French chef. Okay. Uh, but he's Italian, right? I don't know what he is. Right. What you're talking about is somebody who's got practice at a certain type of food. And I'm not saying that you can't have... Dude, I could play the sitar if I chose that as my uh, <laughs> as what I wanted to do. But, you... but I've never seen one but... before. I, certainly, I, I've seen one. I've but... never touched one before. But you haven't been playing the sitar since you were six years old right. or whatever, as somebody who might have been raised in that sort of cultural upbringing might be. Am I saying that somebody who hasn't practiced a hell of a lot can't roll up a great burrito and, and spice it in the right in the right fashion who happens to not be of Mexican descent? Sure, of course Do you work in a Mexican restaurant and you're upset? No, I don't work in a Mexican restaurant. He's just being ornery, um, that's all. He's trying to, you know, but, trying to corner you. It's corner-free talk He's not talk even life. doing a good I'm, job at it. Come up with something <laughs> better. I'm not cornering you for anything. I'm, you're the one that said that I should judge you based on the fact that you're white, that you can't cook Japanese food. And we can't dance. I, I think that you can make a generalization. Do you think that it's possible that you can make generalizations in this life? Oh, okay. So... So basically, you, you are a collectivist, and you do put people in boxes based on how they look and their ethnic identity. I think everybody That's does to saying, some right? extent. Okay, so so anytime anyone ever calls in and, and you pretend that you don't put people into 
ethnic groups. And I'm not saying I agree with the people that call in and say this, but like say someone calls in and they say, you know, the Jews are taking over banking or whatever. You guys go through this rigmarole of like pretending that um, that there's no ethnic groups and that you don't identify certain ethnic groups. I don't think groups. I do that. Well, yeah, I've listened to the show and and collectively you guys do that. Um, so I mean, <laughs> God, this is you, you just gotta wait for the next person to call in and talk this about is, that. This is gotcha you free talk are, live. He's trying to corner you, Mark. Look, man. I mean, don't. I, I, it, this doesn't even make any sense. Your arguments don't make any sense. Jews don't run banking. Well, you know what? There are some Jewish people who run banks, and there are some people who are non-Jewish who run banks. Right. So I think what we say is when somebody who's uh, hate-filled like Scott the Bigot calls in and starts going off on all Jews do this and all Jews do that, then uh, then we correct him and say that's not uh, that's not appropriate. It's bigotry. It's racist. Uh, that's that's wrong. But it's there's nothing wrong with saying that someone who has uh, that it's likely that someone who has a Mexican heritage would be better at cooking Mexican food. That's not a negative thing to say. It's probably uh, probably tends to be true if they've been brought up in that heritage and have been taught as to how to do that. It's not to say that every Mexican knows how to cook. I'm white. I can't cook for crap. I think there's reasonable well, expectations and generalization. I just said that you're pre- you're prejudging people. There's and no you, prejudging going you, on here. I don't no, know what you're talking about. No, it's about authenticity, man. If you go to a hamburger restaurant and they say, we don't have any hamburgers, all we have is burritos, you feel a little ripped off. If you go to an Italian restaurant and there's no Italian people, you feel a little ripped off. Why? If the food tastes like Italian food and it's good... Because it's I mean, not served we, by Italian people. How can you call Italian food Italian if there's no Italian people? But there are nuances, too, there. There are uh, fine nuances. There's plenty of Mexican restaurants here in Arizona that are run by white people. Sure there are. I won't go there. I Thanks prefer them. I, 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 you know, I, because I'm a white I prefer, guy, I can't handle all the spices. I prefer the ones run by the Mexicans here. And everybody's got their my preference. Business. Thank you very much for the call. All right, we're out of time. Vinny in here with you. Wayne, too. And Mark. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training with any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to frontsight.com today. That's F R O N T S I G H T.com. Go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. 
on your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.